Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Everybody, welcome to the VPZD show. We're at episode 18, actually, I think, VP. 18, is that many? That yeah, we many, always huh? get it wrong by one every episode because <laughs> we're we're living in the past. Hey, we're we're counting like the CDC. We're counting oh, as good as the CDC. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Welcome, guys, to the show. Hey, we're gonna talk about a bunch of things today, uh, including the A word. We're gonna talk about mm-hmm. surprise medical billing. We're gonna talk about kids' seroprevalence of uh, COVID. We're gonna talk about the Pfizer documents or <laughs> whatever that means. And... Uh, uh, suspended J and J shot, among other things. But I, I got to say, you were just saying the CDC. I got to tell a quick story. So yeah. you know, you get a lot of robocalls now, right? VP, like you look at your phone, it's like garbage. Like your your car's extended warranty needs to be. Only re- the robots are looking for me. Only the robots. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all from the future of telemarketing, yeah. and they've come back. Yeah. Are you Sarah Kana? Um, and and so I get a call, and and the ID on my phone says. Um, CDC Immunology Georgia, Immuno Georgia. And I'm like, wait, what? And so, so that's how you found out you had syphilis. To- you know what? <laughs> I didn't realize it was reportable and I haven't been reporting it. Now that it's I like, see, I, I have quaternary syphilis. Like it's really Quater- hard. Yeah, yeah, know, right. They got to you. Yeah. It's in the fourth dimension, right? Uh, <laughs> my RPR is like unmeasurably high. Um, so, <laughs> so the CDC got your digits. They're they, calling they you. somehow got my digits. And my first feeling was, oh, this is a robocaller that's masquerading. Of They're course. fishing as CDC. So I, I, I sent it to voicemail. Then a couple hours later, it calls again. And I'm like, you know, I know people at CDC. This could be somebody I know. Maybe I'll pick it up. So I pick it up and it's a human. And it's a, it sounds like a young woman. And uh, I, to be honest, she's having trouble just like, I can't understand her. Like it's distant. She speaks very quietly. She sounds very young. Like, like honestly, I guess she was in high school. And I was like, what is this? And she goes, we're doing a survey for the CDC and we would like to get your input on vaccines. And I said, well, this is interesting. Um, I said, I can do this, but I've only got, I told her, I said, I only have 10 minutes before I have to be on a call. And she's and she mumbled something that I couldn't even catch what she said. She just said, uh, 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 and then started asking the questions. So I was like, okay, this clearly this won't take very long. So we start, she starts asking, first of all, it's very difficult to, she she reads very slowly, extremely mm. methodically, mm. keeps stumbling over her words, has to stop, reread the same sentence again. And, and b- by the time I figure out what she's doing, she's trying to figure out the ages, names, birth dates of my two youngest kids, or my two mm. children. Are there any children under 18 in the house? So I, I, I 
I, I'm like, well, you know, I don't really want to give you my children's full birth dates nor their names mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I actually don't know who you are, but I right. can give you a first initial. And then she's completely flummoxed at that point and says, okay, maybe let's uh, fir- first initial. Ah. And, th- and then starts asking, so what are the, I- I'll tell you, it was such a shit show. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was so uncomfortable with how probing the questions were that <laughs> wow, I, I yeah. find, and then she said, I said, so how much longer in this? And she said, it's another 30 minutes. 30 minutes? And, and I said, <laughs> you, what part of I have 10 minutes did you not get? And she was like, would you like to reschedule? And I hung up. Reschedule? Now, you're now, doing them a favor. You're doing them a favor. Here's, For, yeah, here's oh the, the punchline yeah. of that. This is the the premiere public health organization in the world, and this is how they get their data. I'm the a former, pretty, formerly premier. That's not, right. That's not right. anymore. The agency formerly known as Prince. Exactly. Yeah, it was formerly known. It was premier, a yeah. shit show. I, I I was like, this is how you guys get data. You have you've hired somebody who's reading off a script who can't even do that, and they they they're they're mumbling. I can't hear them. They they're miscommunicating, and now you've lost this piece of data because I was going to give you all this data about my kids and their vaccines, you're asking these very specific and inappropriately detailed questions about their identifiers, which is not appropriate. And I was what's like- What's their name? Yeah, yeah their what's, full what's, name, what's their, their birthday. What's their favorite TV show? You know what? I would have told them- <laughs> How long them, is this going? I would have lied going? and told them um, you know, some adult like TV mature thing. <laughs> <laughs> so just it shook how much, my faith in our data. How much screen time do you give them? Oh, <laughs> now it's getting punitive to the parents, right? Do you so let them use understand. Instagram? Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't have to call you to ask this information. This information is in registries. Exactly. Don't, don't they know how many kids exist and how many kids have been vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera? Why are yep. they calling you? Well, so and so now my question to you, Vinay, is do you trust this data? Like, they've screened me out. Like, this reasonably educated, busy person cannot do oh, this survey. Not. Cannot no, do mean, this survey. So who who are they getting information from? I mean, you know? this is the problem with polling from right, like, you know, right, right. like if they call, if they robocall me to ask me who I'm going to vote for, I'm smart enough to, uh, mm-hmm. by, by the way, this is your first mistake. I'm smart enough to know I'm not expecting this call so I don't want to take it. Oh yeah, <laughs> Why, yeah. Who, you get a call from CDC. First, if it's not Rochelle on the end of that line, I'm hanging uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> and if it is Rochelle, I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. But, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Could you, you imagine? What are you, you talking? I don't know. I guess, and then you see it's some amateur hour. Oh God, dude! It was beyond amateur hour. I mean, you know, I feel bad for the for the lady who was trying to do the survey, but at the same time, I was like, this is a premier organization. At least get your shit together if you're going to do these surveys, because otherwise, the data means nothing. It's so skewed. I mean, all oh, polling I'm sure is the hard. Data is, right, all polling is hard. This polling is especially bad, and. I don't know, hiring a temp worker to find out if people got vaccinated in this country really does speak to the fact you're running a shitty (sighs) organization. Surely, you know, well, I know we've seen though, I mean, in the last few months, we have seen they do not know how many children died of the virus. They were off by 20% due to a coding error. And the number (sighs) we're talking about is like, you know, in the 700 to 1000 ballpark, that was when they, you know, how incompetent are you to not know, is it 700 or 1000? I would think that's pretty basic. You know, and I I would even forgive the incompetence if they weren't so sure of themselves in how they message, right? And how they set this this sort of tone of surety of quote unquote the science. It's like, well, but the science the science is clearly evolving because you you can't even I mean this survey and now look, all surveys are hard. I don't mean to but but I do. I do mean to single out CDC because they ought to be better than that, especially at a time when the data actually should matter a lot. You know, like, like, you know, what do you think of this hepatitis and kids thing? Like they're trying to explore this and it used to be, I'd have faith that they'd figure it out. Now I'm just worried. Like, I don't know what, you know, 
what this is. Like, hey, the Brits, the Brits are on it. You know, oh, okay, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Thank God. You know, we're good. So the Brit, at least the Brits are on it. You know. <laughs> now, to be honest with you, I I only trust the Brits. I trust uh, Muge uh, Sevik from uh, the UK and Alistair Monroe, and I'm following what they're doing in the UK. UK, it seems like that adenovirus. What is it? 47 or it has been 41 i think yeah 41 41 oh obviously you know i always i always get my 41s and 47 confused, <laughs> you know you know me you know me i have a my poster of adenoviruses is a, is a little bit needs to be spruced up um so yeah i i think that they, that that's been the leading culprit and then i saw somebody from the uk speculate that taking children away from any and all infections for two years by cutting their ties with yeah. the outside world was maybe counterproductive so we shall see but um yeah, I certainly don't trust the CDC that much. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I saw. I was speculating that too. I was like, you know, I, I, it seems like we don't normally. I mean, these clusters can happen occasionally, and adenovirus does, does some crazy stuff. What's interesting is we use adenovirus vectors in these vaccines. Actually, that may be a good time to talk about what's going on. We'll just we'll cut to the chase on the J and J vaccine. Just recently announced that they're saying, hey, you shouldn't really take this unless you're absolutely refusing every other vaccine, uh, or there's reasons you can't get the other vaccines. Yeah, I remember in, I think I looked it up, April 14th, 2021, I had seen evidence that, uh, like many others, that the J&J vaccine was associated with one in 40,000 rate of VIT, vaccine-induced thrombocytopenia and thrombosis, or what they called a TTS. Uh, I forget what that stood for, but that was their, their, their little VIT, you remember? Thrombotic thrombocytopenic syndrome or something? Syndrome, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah something like that. TTS. Yeah. I like VIT. I like VIT. It yeah. has hard Vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia. Yeah. It tells yeah. you who's responsible in that first letter. <laughs> so um, I like VIT. And when I saw VIT, I thought to myself, and I, you know, you read case reports, 22-year-old girl gets mm -hmm. the vaccine. She has a cerebral venous thrombosis in the skull and, you know, is permanently neurologically devastated. Um I, I was like, that is uh, a game over event because what would have happened to her had she gotten COVID? She's 20 years old and normal weight. You know, the odds were far in her favor. Um, so to me, I, I, I tweeted that, you know, any woman under the age of 50, uh, they basically shouldn't have access to this product. It should be mRNA, mRNA, mRNA. And only, you know, I don't know if you're like uh, um, older, more vulnerable, um, maybe you should consider J&J. &J. And I think I tweeted something like it's game over on April 14th. On April 15th, I had a thread. And then we submitted an article for publication. I mean, I think I wrote a couple op-eds at the time. I submitted an article um, with Prathik Kulkarni from uh, Baylor, and it was published in like September, and it made the case against J&J, uh, &J, especially in young women. Especially because we had alternatives, you know, Albert Borla's freezer was stocked full of him. You know, he was full of it. Um, <laughs> we didn't really have a shortage by the time we recognized the safety signal, so it wasn't a, it wasn't really a, uh, an issue of that. Um, well, finally, one year later, after many, many more cases, and actually, it's not just women; it's also men. It's not just young people; it's also older people. Um, the FDA has finally said what we had said they should say a year ago. And to me, the real lesson is they're really quick and easy to authorize things. They need to be equally quick to pull things when you have safety signals. You can't just sit on a safety signal for a year. That is bad medicine. That's foot dragging. And, and you know what we should clarify is people will say, well, but you know, that 22-year-old woman, if she had gotten COVID, she would have gotten thrombosis from COVID theoretically. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily, this is a very different thrombosis from the J&J. &J. It's a different mechanism, presumably. It's... Um, it's catastrophic and it's a signal that that is preventable because you have other alternatives right so i you know that 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 yeah, and this has been an ongoing saga with how do you even communicate this stuff because the bleed over of that clotting scenario has 
infected the mRNA public opinion because people right. think those things cause clots, which we have not seen compelling evidence for. So you know, the whole thing is just, uh, I mean, so you wrote it in April of 2021. Yep. Yeah, right and when these things were rolling like out. Two, day, two days ago, the FDA, no, yesterday, the FDA made their decision. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. What are the Europeans doing about this, I wonder? They've not been, have they been using a lot of, and what about AstraZeneca? Does that, like, how, how do the Brits think about AstraZeneca and that sort of thing? Yeah. And similar, um, similar thing. AstraZeneca has a similar problem. Yeah. I think some of the salient differences were uh, that they bet hard on AstraZeneca. So by the time we, they detected the safety signal, they had already vaccinated many, many more people, tens right. of millions of people. Right. Um, I think they did make a concerted effort in women at young ages to try to preferentially use mRNA, but I suspect that cumulatively they have more cases of this syndrome there. It is different than a regular blood clot. It's runaway platelet activation. It's very difficult to stop. It's catastrophic. And I guess the right question isn't J&J um, &J versus getting COVID. The right question is J&J &J and the risks that come for that for a 22-year-old girl versus getting mRNA maybe the same day or maybe two weeks later or four weeks later. And no doubt about it, that calculus is M wait for the mRNA. If you have to wait a week, it's okay, right? You know, that's, right. that's the calculus. And getting COVID, you know, it doesn't have 100% saturation even to this day. It's getting, it's getting there. It's on its road. So, you know, that's a slower thing. So, um, you know, presumably uh, she could have gotten Omicron, you know, if she had uh, not gotten it too, you know, so there's other counterfactuals. So I, I guess I'd say that it's, a, I don't know, I, I, I just don't see like any case for continuing to sell it for a year, except Johnson & Johnson makes money. I don't know what else there is. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had interactions with Johnson & Johnson people before, like prior to this, prior to COVID. And I, my, my, just the particular interaction I had, my skin was crawling. Like, I don't know what it was. It was a different mm -hmm. thing. And it's they easy. were, yeah, you know, we were, they were talking about, you know, stuff for my They're show. They're talking and, about ba baby powder. And, yeah, and, basically. And, and, I was like, nope, no, no. Nope. it was contaminated. <laughs> Or ta what was that? Tal the talc. talcum powder was talc yeah, contaminated with aspergillus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it, <was, laughs> oh it was like drenched in aspergillus, uh, 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 um, uh, asbestos. Drenched, yeah, oh, asbestos good stuff. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. I no, like asbestos. It's very flame retardant. You know, that's the main <laughs> benefit. And, you know, remember the ben the, the selling point of J&J &J was like, hey, it's one and done. Yeah. It's one and done. Except well, it's now not. we're three talking about four and five and yep. yearly. You yep. know, it's not, yep. where's this one and done? Yeah. It's not one, one for the rest of your life and you're you never know, done. <laughs> and, you know, Paul, Paul Offit has been reasonably on point with J&J &J from the beginning. He always thought it might yeah. be a, a two, two dose vaccine. And that's um, true. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that, you know, I mean, it's, it's gosh. And he was talking about the class effect of this and AstraZeneca early on. I, I remember I had a phone call with him when this first came out and he was very precise about, you know, what might be happening. I think they, they it was quite clear, you know. Um, and I remember that um, the moment we heard the safety signal that the, the, the dimwits on Twitter, the first thing was to tweet those infographics that say, you know, a woman taking an oral contraceptive is much more likely to get a DVT. I was like, yeah, in her leg rather than, you know, <laughs> right. in the cerebral veins with runaway <laughs> right. platelet activation. They don't even know the difference because it's like, you know, people who weren't, he, you know, weren't physicians or not familiar with that syndrome or not familiar with hair. Right. I don't know. Right. They were, and, they were just the usual like bandwagon. You know. uh, and it was, you know, it was young healthcare providers, female healthcare providers that were some of the first cases and and uh, these catastrophic oh, cerebral uh, venous clots. And, uh, but you know, look, 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 these things, 
can happen. It was it's an emergency authorization. Those things happen, but it's how you respond to that. Um, you know, the, is, is what you know what you will judge the public health response by, and you know, absolutely. I don't and know. then I guess I yeah no, I think that's the right answer, which is that you know no one can prevent these things from happening. But the question is, the moment you know that it happens you need to change your course. Yeah. And I think by the spring of 2021, we had enough data to basically put that J&J &J back in the freezer and use the mRNA. Right. You know, right. And, and yeah, are, those are, you know. those are superior, I think, vaccines. Um, so, you know, and so, okay. So speaking of regrets about uh, public health, last week I brought up a piece about a Dr. Risa Hoshino Mm -hmm. And uh, this pediatrician, public health doctor, works in New York. Influencer. Influencer, sorry, influencer. And um, we went through the piece and we read some of her tweets. And, you know, we were critical of her uh, tweeting approach about, you know, trying to, to kind of maximize long COVID in kids and masking like in <laughs> April of, right. yeah, right. like, you know, stuff like that that you and I, and I think some reasonable scientists disagree with. That's a disagreement point, fine. But I think where I feel a little bit... Um, I feel bad personally because I've been a victim of the bandwagon is after that show, I went on Twitter and I just poked around. I searched Risa Hoshino and the kind of mob that's coming after her, she disappeared, right? I mean, she closed that account or made it private or whatever. And so she's not responding to the stuff, which makes it tough, but I, I can understand kind of what she's going through. And you talked about it last week too. You I know, tried to. Yeah. You did, you did. And, and, uh, and, and, the, and the truth is, I think what I feel bad about is not talking about the issue, but talking about the issue without first at least making a real good faith attempt to reach her and get her side of the story. Because mm. I don't think she's been able to tell her side of the story. Either she hasn't been willing or she hasn't been able or she's afraid or whatever it is. I don't know. I can't, I'm not a mind reader, but, but I don't think it's fair uh, the kind of mob activity that happens. And in this case, it's a mob on the right, kind of the more right political spectrum that's attacking her, calling her a school nurse and all this kind of stuff, which, you know, that first of all, that's an upgrade for any doctor <laughs> to be a school nurse. Those yeah. guys suffer. But like, um, you know, I, I just wish we could have more open dialogue and say, okay, no, tell us what's going on. Like what, 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 what exactly happened here? Are, are you practicing in this way? Were you misrepresenting your clinical experience? And if so, if you were, Tell us why you think you were and be honest and mm -hmm. let's have a discussion about it because it is seductive to try to get a point out by giving anecdotes and things like that and trying to overplay things. You know, we, we're all guilty of that at time to time. I mean, some of us more than others, but um, I felt a little bad for jumping on that bandwagon uh, without talking to her. So I did reach out to her through Doximity. It's the only contact information I could find, the social media site for doctors. And I haven't heard back, but I... I would literally ask her to come on the show and I will be very friendly and uh, uh, try to figure out what's going on. Because I saw some of her early videos too, where she's talking to medical students about pediatrics. She's a very good communicator. And so I, I just hate for good communicators to be shat on because they made mistakes or whatever. So that, that's my thinking. I'm curious what you think. Well, that's, that's big of you. Wow, that's a very big of you sentiment. I guess I'd say, you know, I mean, I, I I don't know. I guess one of the things I was trying to make the point on the last podcast is that, like, just because, like, I understand why she might delete her account, whether she was guilty or innocent of the charges, because they were piling onto her pretty hard. And so I can imagine that was going to be unpleasant. And I don't support that pylon. You can make your point once and then move along. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I felt a little bit of, I mean, I, I guess, I, I don't know if I felt bad for her. Maybe I should have felt bad for her. But I, I don't view her deleting the account as the guilt or innocent event. In my mind, the, the crime that she's being accused of, like what are the charges? The charges are 
that she did not have the clinical experience that she said she had. And many of those tweets were something like specifically about seeing kids sick with COVID, et cetera, you know, or um, I, I forget the exact lines, but we read a few of the quotes in the last time. And the article that kind of pushed on her um, tried to investigate, is it possible that she had those clinical experiences? Um, and I think it did a persuasive job of persuading the audience that it is incredibly unlikely, probably that she didn't have those clinical experiences. And so that's what I think what you're calling misrepresenting. Yeah. And I guess I would say that, um, I don't know, I do view that as a big, pro I mean, that's a bad crime. I don't know. I mean, why do I think that's a bad crime? Um, it's not that she was wrong. You know, maybe Marty wrote that article, we'll have herd immunity in March or something. Right, right, right. And, 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 and I think actually, if you're really a technical purist, a purist is herd immunity is not a static state. It's a transient state defined by our not our, our time less than one, probably at the moment and March, Marty was technically correct. We would eventually lose herd immunity, obviously, because Delta. we had vaccine escape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Delta and Omicron vaccine escape. And also, um, a, a, a change in the, the transmission coefficient. Um, so, uh, like the transmissibility, um, uh, uh so, okay. Um, you know, but that was like a good faith, you know, maybe he could say, um, you know, if I could go back, I would have worded it differently, you know, right. um, or, or, you know, or, or, you know, maybe I, I, you know, I was, maybe I could have been clearer about what I meant, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. And that's something where I think the dialogue, you know, I think like I view that as like, um, yeah, maybe it could have been a little bit different. Um, uh, but the Risa thing, I, I, I mean, it's going to be hard for me. But, you know, we're familiar with other cases of physicians going online and tweeting anecdotal stories. And actually, in this podcast, I'm going to read you a Twitter thread where a doctor from Canada tweets a, a story. And I think the I think that you got to be really careful. You got to be careful when you t when you tell these stories. One, it's got to be true. If there's anything not true about it, you need to shut the fuck up. I mean, mm -hmm. you really cannot lie. And if you lie, you're betraying something very sacred, which is that you're 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 hanging on your authority as a doctor, you're mm. and you're and you're using that to sell people with a very dirty style of persuasion anecdote. It's the dirtiest persuasion. And you know, I am I really don't like I I don't think I try not to use it. I always try to give you you know study um, because I don't I don't tell stories about what I see in the hospital. I keep it to myself. Right. Um, Right. So, okay. So it has to be true. It has to be accurate. It has to be thoughtful. Wait till I read you this thread later. Mm. And I guess I feel like she probably wasn't doing that. And she's not the only one. There's other people telling bullshit stories all the time, Z. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I, I think I think all that's fair and okay. correct. Uh, I do. I, I just, again, as a fellow medical communicator, uh, or at least I, I tried to be, I would love to just have her on to say, okay, let's talk about that. Let's exactly discuss this because, you know, I, did you make a mistake? What was the motivation? Were, are you misunderstood? Is something wrong here? Was the data wrong? You know, these guys who are piling on you, what, what do they have right? What do they have wrong? Um, what else have you said that might anger the mob? You know, that kind of thing. Because, you know, you see it, you see it throughout. And, you know, one, so what's interesting is when we did our show, I actually didn't get any criticism for uh, discussing her, except for one thing we both got criticized for, which is they accused us of being sexist. 
And the reason was, is I think I'd made a comment saying, you said, she said, I'm wearing a face mask and a shield or whatever. And you're like, why the face mask? And I said, well, to protect the makeup. No, no, why, from, why, why the face shield? Face shield. That's right. Face shield. Yeah, yeah, right. Face, face shield. shield. That's what but, I meant. And, and I, I my point is yeah. that it doesn't spread by eye contact. Right? That's yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah, my, yeah, and yeah. my point was she's an influencer and had to protect her appearance. And mm. people thought I was talking about women, but right in that same sentence, I says, because both male and female influencers, because I caught that right away. I was like, oh, no, no, I don't know. I, that I'm not saying this because she's a woman. I'm saying this because all influencers on Instagram are about the appearance. That's especially physicians. That yep. that's the whole thing. In fact, they're statistically more likely to be, you know, considered more attractive than the average person you went to med school with. It's just how it is on Instagram. That's why I don't do very well on Instagram. <laughs> But like the 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 point being Unless is- Unless you put your Doc Vader hat on. Oh, and then and we're going to talk about that. <laughs> okay, yeah, actually okay. that's probably a good segue. So I don't think we were being sexist. No, no, although, no. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. it wasn't about, it was about the fact that she is using like in, like many influencers, men, women, uh, people of, you know, whatever race, ethnicity, whatever gender, whatever orientation, influencers use the power of the visual arts, the visual appeal. You know, that's what yeah. influencers do. Okay. That's what they do. Yeah. And well, I will whatever, say it, it, know, it is good to like, like check and make sure you don't have some unconscious bias that's manifesting in some way. And so I always feel when people criticize, whenever they say something like that to me, I'm always like, oh, let me feel into that and see if that there may be an element of truth. And I think I in have this a, case, I yeah. have an unconscious bias, which is I think wearing a face shield for COVID prevention is stupid. That, that was my, that, that, that was where I was going with it. That, I was, that's, uh, that's where bias, I was headed. Yeah, yeah conscious mind. <laughs> I know it to be stupid. Yes, it was a stupid. Yes. But you know, back to this, I mean, I don't know. It's good of you to have some compassion, but let, let's, uh, let me juxtapose two people. Risa Hoshino and that kid, I forget his name, Albert something. Maybe he maybe mm. I should maybe I should forget his name. <laughs> he was the first author of the Med Bikini. And they ripped, oh, they right. ripped him. Yeah. They ripped this. Uh, I was That's like, right. this kid, oh God, yeah. they fucked up. They fucked him up, didn't they? Um yeah. and uh, you know, what did he do? Like everyone, like every medical student, he wants to go into a specialty. He wanted to go to competitive specialty, vascular. And right. he needs to publish some bullshit vascular surgery paper. They won't take him because they're stupid bullshit field, which, by the way, is not known for publishing a lot of high-quality research. But for whatever reason, <laughs> they somehow want every fucking medical student to do some paper before they can go into their fucking field. This is the stupidest fucking- It's a hazing ritual, really, yeah. Yeah, it's a hey, you If you want to become a private practice vein vascular stripper. surgeon, right. vein, yeah, you got to publish at least one or two papers early in your career but okay so they put this kid up to this he obviously he goes goes to the resident looking for some idea they look in the literature they see that hey look at these urologists they want they went on Facebook and they were judging people's accounts for unprofessional behavior. Let's just do what they did in our field, which is, you know, this is, this is medical research 101 Z. Right. You know, you just, you just find some bullshit someone else did and you just bring it over to what your fucking thing is. Okay. So this is what they do. They do this fucking bullshit thing. I'm pretty sure they don't believe in it. They don't give a fuck. They just want the citation. You know, this is, this is the reality. They just want the citation. And then unfortunately, one of the things they judged people on was wearing a swimsuit or bikini. Um, and apparently I think men and women equally were in fault. Remember, I think we talked about this on our, like one of the first times we ever talked together yeah and um but of course it quickly took on the meme that it was sexist again it's sort of like your point about the influencer they alleged he was sexist because it judged women for wearing a bikini but what was omitted from the discussion is he was equally judgy of men for showing their chest yep. uh, and their muscles you know um equally judgy equally judgy it yep. was e it was uh, it was stupid because no human being who 
um, dips themselves into water should be judged for wearing a bathing suit, right? Because that's what I like to wear when I dip myself in water. And, you know, just because you get a doctor degree doesn't mean you have you have to wear a suit and tie when you go in the fucking jacuzzi. Listen, it's a, listen, it's a fucking... do- doctors have back hair too, okay? We need yeah, to right, show it doctors, off, yeah. We, we gotta show the full the full uh, gorilla when I go into there. <laughs> so, so, okay, so they, but then they hung him, you know, they hung him in the court of public opinion yeah. for this. Okay. And he apologized, but remember, his apology wasn't good enough. Right, so right. It's let never me contrast can be. With, okay, yeah. so how is it different than Risha? Yeah, or yeah, Risa? yeah, yeah. One, um, I think, like, he, he, he didn't know he was doing something wrong. Whereas if you tell a story that's not true, I think you do know you're doing something wrong. Mm. Okay, that was one difference. Two, he apologized. She didn't. Um, um, and three, I think the crime is actually, it's worse to, like, I don't know, to, like, fabricate a medical experience yeah. Well, you know, well, the, right. well, anyway, the, you're kind, you're kind. Well, the, the other thing yeah, I think they were, yeah. that were the accusations that were laid were that she was in Pfizer's pocket and was uh, getting paid for the stuff. And yeah, I, I would love to see, you know, that side of it too, you know. Um, she, she, I mean, I'm, I'm sure she's, I mean, she did it for this. I mean, I don't know why she did it, but I'm sure that it's like the same reason why people, you know, do, you know, tweet the put the Ukrainian flag in their bio, and yeah. why do they tweet? Uh, Here's a picture of me getting my fourth booster. You know, it's like it's the same thing. It's just signaling so people like you and they think you're a good person, and I'm the good person because I think COVID is a problem for kids, and you're the bad person, and we all have to be good or bad. Um, but now I'm the bad person for this week, and you know, yeah. you know, I think yeah, she's yeah, it's all the same. She's yeah, she's yeah. okay probably. Yeah, I don't know. I, but but your point is she was a, she was a good speaker. Yeah, and um. And uh, and and she could have been a good. I mean, maybe she can somehow salvage it, but she can be a communicator if she wants. Yeah, you know, I I, I hope she does salvage it, but I but I would love to hear like kind of what all this is about. But um, people like that who actually are good communicate. Forget about Twitter. I think Twitter's garbage. But when she does video, which is my thing, I like that. I watch her, and I was like, she's good. Like she's a good. She explains clearly. She does patiently. She's thoughtful, articulate. That that's important, and it's rare in healthcare. Usually, they're just. Fucking terrible communicators. And well, speaking of terrible communicators, um, Doc Vader, uh, who you <laughs> know alter ego. may or may not be me in a mask, <laughs> I, I, uh, he had to weigh in on something uncontroversial. I, I pull him out of carbonite maybe once every year or so now because I kind of got burned out on Doc Vader because just putting the suit on gives me a panic attack. But um, he talked about abortion and the Roe versus Wade, the R2-D2 versus Wade uh, And this decision. is what people are waiting for, Z. They want two middle-aged men to have a conversation <laughs> about abortion. That's about what they women's want. reproductive that's what they, that, rights. Of course, and that's what they were asking us. I don't know why they wanted our opinion. No, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, they, we'll no one did. It, yeah, no one wants did. our opinion. I'm pretty sure nobody wants this it. This yeah. is, yeah, we, uh, listen, I, I've said many times uh, whenever I've talked about this, like I don't even, I have no business even speaking about this except as from the medical angle and even that. So I think actually in the near future, I'm gonna have an obstetrician on who's reached out. Uh, oh, really? who can Yeah, who can speak who's to- Who's an abortion provider or- um, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I know that mm. she is very articulate in writing about the medical uh, issues that go around abortion and, and you know everything from septic abortion to teratogenic medications that women may take that then have these consequences on the fetus that now uh, they're considering pregnancy termination, things like that, that you don't normally just pop into mind of the lay public. And it's mm. worth having that discussion because again, as a medical procedure, we should have that discussion too, right? And then there's the legal stuff, the ethical stuff, the moral stuff, the religious stuff, all the other stuff that makes it the third rail so fucking electrocutable. Um, 
so many uh, so many dimensions, and I don't think we'll. I, I mean, I certainly don't think we can cover it all. And I think there's two parts to it. I mean, there's the, you know, I just want to talk about like describe the events that occurred this week and and analyze it. And then there's the separate question, which is like, you know, what ought to be the case? And, and that's the thing that that's the that's the hardest rail. Mm. Um, but let me walk you through some of the things that I saw this week because obviously it swallowed the whole world. I mean, I think it's probably the single biggest story of the week. Yeah. Um, the leaked document. And the leaked document is the first draft by Sam Alito uh, representing the majority opinion. So I think that you may get a sense that in a straw poll vote, they have at least five votes. And I think it's reasonable to speculate those five votes. And, and Politico's reporting, the votes are Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, what's her name? The new uh, one. The new one, um, Co- Amy, Coney, Amy Barrett. Coney Barrett. Yeah. Coney Barrett. Um, uh, and then, and then uh, Thomas and uh, Alito. Right. Um, that they're the five. And then there's the chief. And then there's Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan. Right. And, and Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan, we know how they're going to vote. They're right. going to be, you know, uh, pro Roe v. Wade and continuing, um, you know, the, the press. And, yeah. and the chief, I think, he's a tough one because on the one hand, I think his sentiment is probably in line with this document, like what he believes. Um, at the same time, he is a big proponent of stare uh, decisis, which right. is like adherence to past precedent um, because adherence to past precedent is a virtue in and of itself because it creates stability in a society. Right. People know you don't keep flip-flopping. Um, and that's also why like in reputational matters like FDA, it's very important, even if they fuck up once, you know, to keep doing the same thing. Um, uh, and I'm not suggesting that this is a screw up or not. I'm just saying that you stick with what you're doing, even if it, even if you think it's not what ought to be the case. Right. So that's the chief. And then these five people. And then this first draft majority opinion looks to be like a full-throated overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, which is the Supreme Court's decision from 73 that says that in the Constitution, you can find the basis for a right to abortion. That means that no state or local government can pass laws that restrict abortion because it is a constitutional right. Um, And I think one of the things people realize is like, why do we have constitutional rights? We have constitutional rights to prevent even the majority, a local majority from usurping free speech, for instance. So it's it's codified as a right to prevent majority rule. It's a check on the majority. Um, It's you know, it, it is it is a check and balance on it. So anyway, this is the first draft and it was leaked and it creates this big sensation. And the one thing I never saw anyone say was everyone thinks that the person who leaked it was probably a clerk who has access to it for one of the liberal justices. Mm. And they think that it's the clerk for the liberal justice because they're upset by the decision. And I think indeed it could be, that could be the source of the leak. Mm -hmm. But the other potential source of the leak is it could be, I think actually somebody on the conservative side. And I'll give you an argument for why that might be the case. Hmm. Like the first draft of whatever they're doing, that's not the final draft. And maybe they sent out the first draft and a couple of people who voted were like, oh boy, this is a little hot to trot. So you know what? Uh, you know, maybe I'm going to flip, maybe, maybe I'll talk to the chief and maybe me, chief, Briar, Kagan, you know, we'll create a new little group a five and we can carve out something that's kind of an in-between, you know, maybe preserving parts of Roe, but, you know, limiting abortion, you know, so that, you know, it, it can't, ha- you know, um, so that it has some limits in terms of how many weeks the woman can be pregnant. Cause I think that's the Mississippi law that led to this sort of decision. Right. So they, they might, they might carve something out in between. Now let's say you're planning on carving out something in between that you're going to, re- you're going to strip away some of the protections of Roe, but not the whole thing. And if you were going to do that, I think it's very strategic to leak the first draft because everyone gets so outraged and upset 
that they're going to do away with the entire thing. And then you come in one month later and you do away with a little bit. And you know what? I bet they just, they, they won't even care. I mean, they, some people will care, but it won't have the same. They've already sapped, you know what I mean? They've the, the, sapped the outrage. So this is a phenomenon called anchor pricing where yes. you oh, yes, it's yes. really what it is. It's the same exact thing. Now, now, okay. I think that's really an interesting line of reasoning. I don't know if it's how the law works or how they work, but it's just fascinating to, to, to hypothesize, <laughs> hypothesize that way. Uh, because yeah, I mean, because then you, you could come back and even have some restrictions and people would be like, woo, we dodged a bullet on that. Um, but I'm not, I'm just not sure. It's, it's, it's really interesting because I'm not a legal scholar. I don't know much about the law, but, um, I'm just thinking about the medical repercussions of it, the social repercussions of it, the moral repercussions of it, like all those pieces make it so complicated. One thing that I've learned over the years as my own uh, mind has expanded into these different ways of thinking about things is that everybody's partially right um, on this issue in some way. And don't say that. I even know. that is even that's going to get you in trouble. I know. Yeah, I'm well, willing to take the arrows for that okay, one. And I have on. before. I have before. And so I think we have to, you know, uh, have the conversation from a place where we're not assuming, you know, ill intent. Now it's hard because you have extremes on both sides of it, and the people say there are no both sides of it. There's just this. And it's like okay, let's take that off the table for a second. There are people that are quite militant on the very edges of this issue. Um, you know, like and Doc let's, and let's yeah. Let's okay, but I mean, let's outline. Oh, Doc Vader. Doc, Doc Vader is pro is pro infanticide. He's pro. He thinks the 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 limit of viability is in this. It's in your seventies. So basically, you can abort. I, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi, and that's okay. Uh, but you know, you you. Uh, I mean, and I think that's funny, and it's it's like a, it's the extent of argument. But but there is a philosopher, Peter Singer, and Peter Singer has always argued that he believes that there's nothing magical about the moment of birth um, that confers the privilege of or, or, you know that confers all these things. And he actually is a supporter that under some circumstances, parents could have the right to terminally sedate a very mm. sick child and mm. things like that. Mm. Um, and what you know, some and, might and call it infanticide, look, yeah. It feels so taboo, but honestly, I think it's a, you have to be even able to discuss these philosophical issues uh, because again, it affects your, your where you're coming from in your moral matrix and what, what are the societal repercussions? Are there medical repercussions with abortion? Even the medical repercussions for women are, are so so nuanced and and uh, powerful that you know that's why you know that's why I need to have a really good expert on the show to dive into those, and I, I've already kind of you know done I've done videos a couple of years back that got plenty of anger on from both all sides. Of course, yeah, because yeah. I was like, well, this is this is you know these are the issues as I see them, and they're like, yeah, now we're gonna shut the hell up. I'm like, okay, I will. I'll have Vader say it. He Vader basically says that you the only way you can prove that it, that a fetus is a life form is if when you kill it, it comes back as a force ghost. <laughs> and he's like, and I've seen no fetus Yodas haunting the abortion clinics. So I'm just saying, uh, uh, you know, I, you may be pro-choice, you may be pro-life. I'm just pro-force. That's all it is. <laughs> it's a good voice. You know, I was curious and I asked some people, because I, I work with like an international group of researchers, what their rules were in their country. And... Um, I think I heard that in the United Kingdom, abortion is uh, generally uh, protected until 28 weeks. And then from 28 weeks to, you know, uh, delivery, it's sort of based on medical need, et cetera. Mm. Um, and uh, in Canada, I think it's 23 weeks. Um, and uh, I think that um, 
different states in the United States have just different rules. Um, there are some states with some limits, non-zero, uh, or like, uh, and there are states like Oregon that I think actually protects abortion irrespective of of whatever Roe does. And Roe is obviously uh, is finding a constitutionality to it, which would supersede anything state legislatures do. All these state legislatures have trigger laws that will trigger an effect if it were to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess the first thing is that I'm just not even sure that we even know that that leaked document is actually what the judgment will that's be. That's right. I, you know, so I think that's the first question, is that even what it will be, I think people are um, acting as if that is what it will be. But my understanding of, and this is from reading many Supreme Court books over the many years, is that they often is quite a lot of evolution that happens between first draft and final draft, mm. because people start to realize that, um, you know, there is a... Uh, it, it, it's very unpalatable uh, for some p- points of view and they think about the backlash. And then the other thing I think about the chief is, you know, like I think I think his true his true belief system is probably consistent with that draft. But like a lot of tacticians, you know, the way you you know, the way you the way you uh, boil a frog is to heat the water slowly. And sometimes the way you cut uh, protection is to, you know, slowly at, eat at it with many different legislative rule or many judicial rulings. So, you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to do it all today in one swoop. He can wait a few years and mm-hmm. that would prevent, you know, a popular backlash against the court, et cetera. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And um, yeah, you know, what's interesting is about even the language that Alito used in that draft was very much a sort of um, a particular type of language that more anti-abortion activists tend to use, like referring to physicians as abortionists, as opposed to, say, the more benign abortion provider. Uh, There's a lot of I guess. yeah. Yeah. He hates abortion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's clear. He hates the idea. Yeah, yeah, it's clear. And so, again, I, I, I just. uh it's such a, such a, it's a third rail for a reason, you know? I guess one question that people have asked me that <clears throat> it seems clear to me, but I'm curious your take is, it, look, okay, so there's no federal protection for abortion. So states then can decide. So what's to stop like somebody in Alabama from traveling to a more liberal state on the Eastern seaboard to get an abortion? And you and I both know the answer, but uh, I'd love to take your... <laughs> Take your yeah, thoughts I mean, on it. I guess I think the answer to that question is that um, rich people will do exactly that. I mean, if you have wealth and your access, um, you will go where the abortions are. And even if there was like a hundred percent ban in the United States, then rich people would go to Canada or you know Europe or whatever, wherever you want to go. Rich people will always go find it. Um, right. It, it will affect poorer people. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, and all these things are like, these policy things are like, it, it's always on the margin. So like, you know, if you changed a rule like that, you, it doesn't go from zero to a hundred percent. It'll be like 62% versus 64%, you know, there, there'll be some modest different change in abortion rates as a result. Right. Um, but you know, those have spillover effects on, um, I mean, I'm just talking about as a sort of just a policy matter, you know, if at the moment they change, there will be fewer abortions in many states. They're different estimates. Those estimates are modeling exercises, which are subject to all the limitations of modeling exercises, but there'll be different changes. Even within a state, it won't be the same within a state because the num- the distance you are from the county line or the state line, that will also play a role, right? So even across a state like Texas, um, te- if Texas abuts a state, um, there'll be parts of some of these states that it abuts a state where it will be legal and they'll have less abortion in those or more abortion in those counties that abut the state. So right. it will really, you know, it'll be a very complex thing. Um yeah. And and again, like who's making the decision state per state? Is it really a popular vote thing or is it really the whatever the, you know, the uh, in charge government is, which may be a minority government, uh, you know, it, it's just tough. 
again, it gets to the question of like, is this really popular rule? Are we protecting minority opinion, majority opinion? It, it's it's pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but you know, I, and again, and I said I had Doc Vader say this. I'm like, you know, he he's like, you want you want my opinion on this? I think I'm very I'm very entitled to give my opinion. I'm an authority on the subject because I'm also a domestic abuser. Uh, who, you know, murdered my wife in a fit of rage. So I think I'm very much qualified. And this is the thing. I think a lot of people who are talking about this, ourselves included, like, you know, we can talk about the medical stuff and some of the ethical stuff, but really, you know, I would just love to have a uh, a, a good ob doc to come talk about at least the medical side of it so that people can understand that because I don't see enough of that on the news too, you know, when people talk about these things. But uh, yeah, I don't know, dude. I, there's days when I just wish I was aborted. Like I was born in 73. I'm like, I think I just came in right before the ban was lifted. And I, I just barely squeaked by. <laughs> and then I'm, then I'm doing my taxes and I'm like, why wasn't I just aborted? It would have been easier than filling out this form. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Oh, don't talk about taxes. Um, (laughs) That's the real third rail, yeah. We'll find out. I mean, I think there'll be more when we see what the actual decision is. Um, yeah, yeah. And now, now speaking of anecdotes, you said earlier, you know, you, you try not to use anecdotes and stories when you're trying to make points. You use data and studies. And I think that's very, very admirable. I'm going to use an anecdote now just to bring up a point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> because, so uh, we have a family friend um, who is a, a legal immigrant to the United States. And you know, works for a family, was taking care of the family's kids and was bitten by the family's like hamster or something while they were, you know, cleaning a cage or something, doing something, you know. Mm. Anyways, they, they, you know, they kind of freaked out, like dropped the hamster. We're all worried about that, you know, because this person lives on the margins, right? They're not, they're not affluent by any means. Uh, And so they're driving home and they're like, oh, this is a pretty bad cut. I, I should probably get seen for this. They call around. They decide to go to uh, a, a large ER, which I will not name here in the peninsula of a large academic center's ER in the peninsula. Um, and there's, they, they see the clerk there and they go through the insurance process. And this person has some kind of emergency Medicaid. And they told this person that, uh, yeah, no, that will cover it. You shouldn't get any bill. This is what this type of insurance is for, et cetera. This is what they told this person. So they see the doctor, they see the cut, they give one dose of an antibiotic pill, tell her to follow up by taking the rest of the course and send uh, them on their way. <clears throat> so what happens? First, they get a bill for 500 bucks for the physician services, the 9923 whatever code, level four non-urgent visit for a hamster bite. The next bill they get is for $4,500, the charge master bill, which they've graciously deducted insurance adjustments, uh, and it's now only $1,800. So her total bill is whatever, the $1,800 plus $500. Now, 
Uh, she hadn't paid it yet. She's trying to figure out what to do, called Medicaid. Now, let's just think about this for a second from several approaches in our healthcare system. We were talking about morality and social stuff and so on. This is someone who lives on the margins, who's a legal immigrant to this country. They went to the emergency department in good faith and asked for an estimate of their price up front based on what their insurance coverage was, which they showed to the people there. They were told one thing. They then got a two surprise bills for an amount of money that is well more than their monthly rent, which they can barely make. And and they're expected to pay this. And to me, this is financial assault on a person. Mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. In any other industry, if this happened, there would be an outcry. It would be, you know, consumer reports would be doing exposés, but a major academic institution and every other hospital in the country can do this and they will come after her legally. They will repossess her car. They will destroy her credit. They will do all these things because they can. And to me, it, I don't know what you think about this. I've talked to Marty McCary quite a bit about this. this is one of his passions. And Marshall uh, Allen, who's another one who wrote a book about this, never pay the first bill. But I, I just think that we're morally bankrupt as a system if this is what we do to vulnerable people. Now you could say, oh, she should have known better. She should have gone to a cheaper urgent care. How can she know that? She asked them point blank at the front and they, and they gave her an answer. That's the thing. They didn't say, well, we're not sure. So I, I don't know, man. It's really frustrating to me as a as a clinician to to be complicit in a system that does this. Now I see I agree with you. I think surprise billing is ridiculous. And then I see that but there are some physicians who defend it. Yeah. I I've seen that. Why does surgeon editor in chief Marty Macri want a surprise billing fix? Horrible for patients that boost insurer profits. By the way, I gotta say one thing. These people do not everyone there's so many dumb fucking people uh, they do not understand how insurance companies work every <laughs> single day on twitter i see somebody complaining they do not understand let me tell you insurance companies have a cap they are limited to 20 percent profit on revenue that means no matter how much money they make they can only keep 20 percent as profit okay that's the affordable care act if we're going out to dinner and you're really hungry and i'm buying pizza and i tell you you can only eat 20 percent of the pizza what size pizza do you want me to buy you're really hungry. <laughs> yeah, the biggest possible pizza. The biggest possible pizza, and that's the that's the that's the that's what insurers want. They they're not trying to cut healthcare spending. They are trying to. They're really they really are going to grow it. There is no incentive for insurance companies to spend less on healthcare. They don't make more money. In fact, they make more money if they spend more on healthcare. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that year to year there aren't some annoyances like that doesn't mean that these things are stupid i mean i've also done the what is it called prior auth and all the stupid stuff they call me for it, yes it's irritating and stupid insurance companies are very interested in buffering the year-to-year -year variability in profits so like they need to make sure our year-to-year variability in um spending they can't have it go suddenly change so their premiums are out of step with their um competitors but in the long haul they're just going to grow healthcare spending they have no other incentive and so actually this is not all about them getting rich but there are other people in the system getting rich and there are all these perverse incentives. I mean, ultimately, surprise billing is, um, it's bad for the patient, particularly patients who pay out of pocket. Um, it is uh, devastating. And I think the system is broken because they can pay, you can be billed many, many times more than what Medicare would reimburse or what's the average insurance payment. Um, and it hurts people who have like no or poor health insurance the most often. Uh, they become like debtors as a result of surprise billing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a regressive tax on the poor 
And, um, and you're right about the growing the pie for insurance companies. I did a piece on that, the $20,000 throat swab for strep oh, and yeah. insurance just gladly paid it because they know that next year it's just going to expand the total spend and their percentage will go up and that's totally fine. And that was a, a, a unintended consequence of a Affordable Care Act. And you're right, all the middlemen. And then of course the hospital has to play this game with Charge Master because it's got these opaque contracts with the insurance companies that its competitors can't know about and other insurance companies can't know about. And there's all this you know non-disclosed stuff. So it's completely untransparent. There's no way that you can make it competitive without destroying that you know, uh, opacity. And it's a bit of an oligopoly to begin with. And so as a result, the consumer, the patient has absolutely no chance. <clears throat> and you know, these doctors who are upset, a lot of them, they're upset because they are considered out of network providers. So the surprise bill that the patient gets is an out of network provider bill because the insurance company has excluded them from the network. And so they go and do their services. Now they can't get paid. Um, and so, so the whole thing is a total shit show, but it's, it's amazing that there hasn't been more moral outrage. I think people just don't know. Everybody knows somebody who's been screwed in this way, right? I mean, I've gone to ER and I just know I'm going to get screwed. And then I talk about it. I go, yeah, I got screwed. I got, I paid $4,000 because I have a high deductible plan for three stitches and a tetanus shot. And that's cool. A thousand a stitch and then <laughs> 500 for the tetanus shot, whatever it was. Uh, I get it. But, you know, for somebody who can't pay that, that's bankruptcy, right? So it's something that, you know, as COVID starts to modulate, I, I think more and more, I think I want to advocate, like, what can we actually do? You know, Marty's worked on these surprise billing laws. And and um, by the way, a lot of doctors are really mad at Marty for that stuff. You know, it's like they see it kind of as a betrayal. And I'm like, and then a lot of doctors are like, I didn't even realize that this is what was happening because it's so opaque. You know, the patient gets the bill. It's done through a third party, the insurer, the, the employer's doing it. Um, and they don't know when they find out, they just, they feel terrible. Yeah, you know, I guess um, I, I'm i on the side of that we need to reform and fix surprise billing. And I have struggled to understand why how doctors can justify it. And um, it's related to a couple things, I want to say. I see that these doctors on social media are talking about like loan forgiveness. And they're like, this is going to be a little unpopular to them. So I'm just going <laughs> to say it because it's so true. They're like, you know, it's really hard to graduate medical school with $400,000 in debt. Look, when I graduated medical school, I also had six figures in debt, you know? And what did I do? I took the fact that being a doctor pays a high salary to pay off the debt. Mm. And, and I guess I'd say I have like zero sympathy for that. Your career lifetime earnings in medicine are many million dollars higher than any other comparable job. And then people are like, oh, but my friend at Goldman Sachs makes more money. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes, the, the upper percentile people in Goldman Sachs make more than the upper percentile doctors, sure. But the thing about medicine is the lowest percentile doctors make much more than the lowest percentile lawyers or the lowest percentile financial people. The lowest percentile financial people are broke. They're broke. They lost all their money. You know, mm. The lowest percentile doctors still make six figures. Medicine is a field that's not about the riches. It's about just a very strong... Um, you know, base of income. And it's a, it's a, it's a very good field. And so if I was in charge of federal policy, I don't think U S taxpayers should be spending the money on, you know, 
paying off the loans for doctors who are going to make $5 million, that money should be better spent on giving food and nutrition to like poor children in vulnerable communities and, you know, truly uh, progressive ideas. Not this. This is a, it's a regressive tax. You're giving money to people who are going to be really rich. And yes, I know you don't feel like you're rich yet, but that's, you know, it's a delayed satisfaction business. Um, so I saw that, that, you know, people saying that how Joe Biden should forgive my loans. I'm like, shut up. And also, if Joe Biden forgives your loans, you know how angry some people like who've myself already paid, be? Yeah. who paid. Yeah, I, I guess what I, I I purposely you know lived like a miser for many years after I graduated fellowship so that I could pay off my loans. You know, and 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 if I had known he would come bail me out, I would have been you know spending like a on a spending spree. Um, that's not fair to people who are financially prudent, um, and it's not necessary. Mm. It's not even a, it's not a progressive idea. It's a stupid <clears throat> idea. You know, it's it's a really, yeah, g gifting money to people about to be doctors is a stupid idea. That's, uh, why don't you just gift money to Jeff Bezos? Um, it, it You know, they're not as rich as Jeff Bezos, but it's on the spectrum. If you want to use the power of government to redistribute money, it should go to people who don't have money. Um, and people who go and take out student loans often have more money. At least I guess you don't understand the uh, federal PPP uh, uh, program then. <laughs> Which is taking money from the government and giving it to people with oh yes huge businesses. Yes. You're uh, right. The PPP. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know. But okay. So this. But what? Okay. What you're saying is really interesting. I, I find that I have such ambivalence. I hear exactly what you're saying, and I'll say, well, you know, for the primary care folks who have these loans, they don't make that much money, but they're still making six figures they're generally. Still, they're still yeah, they're career still lifetime earnings are like two point <clears> five <throat> mil, and ortho is like six point five mil career lifetime earnings, and like you know, like if you worked as like uh, I don't know um, a librarian, an engineer, I mean, you know, you're you're going to be maybe just over a mil, mil and a half, or something like well, that. So like you're making way more money than other people. So so let me okay, let me ask a question then. So would so one of the one of the inequities here is if you're forgiving like a medical school loan and this person goes off and makes money. Part of the reason they're making that salary is that the, the, the number of physicians in this country is limited by residency slots. It's limited by fiat, by the AMA yes. historically. Yes. So we have artificially high salaries relative to the rest of the world. We also have very high workloads. We work, we tend to work more. We're quite burned out, that sort of thing. So I think if you were gonna forgive medical student loans, and I've said this, you ought to make medical schools, <clears throat> you, you ought to have more of them and more residency programs. And that means everyone's salary goes down as a result, but there's right. a lot there's a lot more supply and a lot more access. Now, I don't know that you need that many doctors per se. It may be that you need more efficient systems, but so I don't know the answer to that, but, or team-based care that where the doctor's leading and, you don't, and, and you're leveraging that doctor's uh, powers through a, through a team. Uh, like mm -hmm. we did in our clinic, uh, you know, if you find you don't need that many doctors, although you still need really good doctors, the doctors have to be really well trained and trained in team care and quite intuitive and empathic and all that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's it's a great. I haven't really thought of it from your angle. Um, I've more thought of it I as mean, like, yeah, yeah, it's like could we could we just could the government just pay for medical school but then have a ton of doctors with lower salaries? You know? Yeah, I yeah. mean that, and that—that's. I think that's that's what they do basically. Like in Canada, the right. cost of medical education is lower, but salaries are lower. Right. Um, the surprise billing. It's like, yeah, if it weren't for surprise billing, I wouldn't be able to make ends meet and make five hundred thousand dollars a year. It's like, okay, well, you know, maybe you know, make five hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Um, I guess I'd say, like, you know, how can how can anyone look my? You know, I have a friend from high school. He 
He didn't go to college. He worked in like the telemarketing business on the phone thing. He worked his way up to manager. Uh, you know, he might make 50, 60, 65, $70,000 a year or something in that ballpark. Um, how can somebody look at, at, at that guy and say, hey, by the way, buddy, um, you know that taxes you pay? Uh, some of your tax money is going to be used to pay off the loans of this guy making 200000 as a as 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 a as a part-time uh you know primary care doctor no a full, as a full-time primary care doctor or it's going to pay off the loans of this guy in ortho making 750 grand a year you know how can i mean what society would do that that's crazy yeah. like yeah they should be taxing the ortho guy to pay and giving this guy the tax break you know it's, reg- it's so it's regressive it's just numerically regressive you, um, you, i know it you don't feel rich you know when you're in residence so, but so, it's ah, a regressive so, so so you know i think a lot of it with doctors and i know that because we're, we're, we're terrible with money we delay gratification. Then we get out, we have these loan things, but then we're also like, well, I want a nice car and I got to go get a house and I got to go do this. And you start upping your lifestyle. Then you get these go- these sort of handcuffs where you got to make that much money or you can't, you're not paying the mortgage and you're not, you know, or whatever alimony from your 60% divorce rate or whatever that you have. And you're doing this and that and the other thing. And, and suddenly you actually feel like you're destitute. And you're like, if I don't get this surprise bill, I can't make ends meet. But the problem is no one taught you how to make ends meet. Like you, we have no financial literacy. We we don't even understand kind of how to do those things because we've sacrificed all that to go through all this grueling training process, most of which is irrelevant to what we're ultimately going to do. So, you know, it's like a, it's a multi-step issue with well, this. Those yeah. are, and, and so I guess I would say that if a doctor feels cheated, um, I guess I would say the, the, the right way to push back is exactly some of the things you said, which is that you made me do four years of medical school. You, you wasted at least one year of that, possibly two. Yeah. You know, make medical school shorter. Right. Make medical school shorter. Agree. It should only be two years. You don't, first of all, that first year is nonsense. It's garbage. Yeah. Of, yeah. And then the last year is garbage. I don't know, pe- it's party time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Garbage, garbage, too garbage. And then also the medical residency. Um, I love how some of these like surgical residencies have their two years of infolded uh, research. It's the same thing. Just like <laughs> that thing that got that poor guy in trouble. They give him two years of research. It does not call, it's not research time. It's called um, extra years to donate your time to the call schedule. Right. That's what it is. That's what <laughs> Nobody, it is. yeah, that's what did, it is. Did, did you hear the Stanford uh, residents are unionizing? No, I didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard they voted to unionize, something like that. Um, so, you know, a lot of change is happening. But yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying. I think these are good conversations to have. It's it's frustrating. And the whole, yeah, the loan thing, like I worked hard to pay my loans off and I was <laughs> super frugal and I'm mm-hmm. still super frugal. <laughs> like, I'm still like, my, my children are convinced that we're destitute, which is how I want them to remain. Because, you know, as the children of immigrants, that's how I was convinced. And both my parents were physicians, but we were made to feel like we were living on the margins, you know? Uh, And it it forced us to actually like really have a mindset about money that may have actually been a little bit of a real scarcity mindset, you know, constantly. I think that's a lot of children of immigrants. Yeah. The scarcity mindset. (laughs) So you, um, you had a, a Twitter thread you wanted to regale me oh, with. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. I closed it. Oh, you you <laughs> entertain the audience while I yeah, pull yeah. up. <laughs> so, so, by the way, when Doc, when Doc Vader, when I pull out Doc uh, Vader, it's usually uh, when I want to talk about things that uh, I think have a, have an element of, of humor can point out some of the deeper truths in those yes, things. Yes. And so I'm going to try to deploy Vader. But, you know, what does it say about... Oh, go on. No, go, no, 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 no. I'm going to deploy him I, for those kind of uh, things more uh, judiciously. What does it say about like, I don't know, what we are as a culture where 
you feel like you can't <laughs> even talk about like you know I don't know it doesn't help that <laughs> nobody can feel like they can even talk about an issue like abortion yeah. or you know it doesn't help society that no one can talk about it nope i basically lest lest you offend someone unless you wear unless slightly you, perfect yeah you go in black mask like i did oh yeah unless you wear <laughs> i'm surprised the, no one's accused me of blackface by putting on a doc vader mask <laughs> <laughs> you know why it's so powerful it's because you're clearly doing a character yeah and um you know, it's doing a character allows you to really take things to absurdity. Yeah. Um, which is illustrative of, I think, the fact that, you know, taking a hardline position in any direction on some of these issues is very difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there are, very few, there are very few states. We talked about one extreme, um, that like infanticide, which nobody's actually an advocate for, except for pe- people like Peter Singer. I think he is an advocate for it. Right, right, um, right. And the other extreme is people who believe that like no matter what, uh, even in cases of rape and incest, uh, you know, yeah. you're pregnant. So therefore- Have the baby. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I found the thread. Okay. If you want to go there before I, we I'm dig te- our grave even I'm deeper? I'm <laughs> terrified by, by just how you framed it. By the way, Doc Vader, I had Doc Vader do a skit where uh, he was uh, he had to deal with an airplane emergency. Don't you hate that? Oh, hey, is there a doctor yeah. on the flight? And uh, Vader's already three drinks in to his martinis. He's coming back from a bullshit conference that taught him nothing, but he got the CME money to pay for it. He was mostly on the beach in his Vader bikini. <laughs> then some guy syncopizes in the back. And craps his pants and uh, he said, he's like waiting, he's waiting, like who's going to raise their hand? And a psychiatrist raises their hand and he's like, thank God, this patient is dead, but at least I can finish my drinks. <laughs> I don't have to get the crappy free champagne they give you. Like, you know, it's all all liability and no reward. Anyway, so- Have you t- ever responded? I responded twice in my life. I, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I have never, I've been on so many flights, never once have they called for a doctor. I can't believe it. It's shocking to me, actually. Like you want you want to live, be on my flight. There's <laughs> like some statistical correlation that just doesn't happen. So you're telling me twice you had to, twice, and it was on the same trip, like going and coming, and these are long international oh my flights. Gosh, and, um, yeah, wow. So and, you do, uh, do can you tell those stories or no? I, I don't yeah, probably better not. Yeah, yeah probably maybe, better. Maybe not. someday when I write my memoirs, but. Um, <laughs> But Did I will it involve say, jumping out of a with a parachute on your back? <laughs> there's one interesting thing that ha- goes happens. They call for the doctor, and then you go up there, and it's a little bit of a competition. Oh. Somebody's like, hey, they're like, oh, you know, I'm in, uh, no offense, but they're like, I'm in radiology. And then they're like, okay, well, you know, yeah. or like, I, I'm a pathologist. They're like, eh. And then I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm internal medicine, he monk. Okay, you're, you're in the front of the line now. Oh, but then wow. somebody comes in, oh, I'm palm critical care, and I'm oh, ENT. You, you know, go. okay, okay, now you go, you go. <laughs> it's a little bit of a con. Oh, that's oh, awesome. No, one, I'll tell you one. I was on a flight to like the national conference and there was a medical emergency and um, uh, I, I literally was on the flight and like four of my fellows got on the flight and sat behind me. Oh, wow. And then they called for a doctor and I looked back at all four of them and they're all like, oh, sorry. And then I was like, I had to do it. I was like, come on, step up. <laughs> the attending has to, to go do me. the code. Yeah, the attending has to do. Oh, man. Okay, let me tell you. Oh, well. No, go ahead. Here's, I, I got thread. the thread, but yeah. but first I see a thread that says a thread about why excluding entire professions from student loan forgiveness would be bad policy. It's not bad policy because I, I'm sorry, you can't take tax money from poor people and give it to rich people and call yourself a liberal. Right. That's not a liberal pro- idea. And and the and if you think forgiving, even if I know it's not, you know. There is a problem. Primary care is undercompensated, and but th- there's a different fix. There's a different fix than mm. taking. Okay, anyway, here's the thread. 
I, you know, this is like a Canadian, uh, apparently it's an actual doctor, which I find baffling, but it's called a COVID story with permission. They always ask, add the with permission <laughs> to cover themselves, <laughs> you know, and it, it truly went viral. Um, a healthy, a healthy healthcare professional in her thirties, vaccinated times three, successfully avoided COVID for two years by taking sensible precautions within her control, <clears throat> assisted by sensible collective protections in place. Okay. In other words, um, she was rich and had her, her own house. <laughs> <laughs> she is a rich person who has her own house and is not, you know, doesn't have to go work a job and, ha- you know, at low that, risk of COVID. That's okay, sexist, no. Vinay. Okay. Yeah, well. You're saying that because she's a woman. Someone's going to say that about actually, it. So I, I thought I I'd just get out I of the way. She, I don't think. I don't think I said uh, it could be a man. Okay, we'll say they. Say woman or man. Let's use the right pronouns. They. You know, I, I think um, it, it said professional, so it would have been sexist to assume it's a man. Oh, because, you yeah, actually got you there. Oh, got you there. Got gotcha. you. Damn, dude, you outwoke yeah. me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, All right. I woke. I woke you right up, yeah, my friend. Yeah, dang, dude. Woke you up. The okay. awakening. Okay. okay. The awakening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the first tweet. The next tweet. That all changed on March 21st. <laughs> oh, why? What happened? What, March 21st. The, with the, the remove. Yeah. The, the Ides plus six of March. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, yeah. <laughs> the Ides plus six. With the removal of mask mandates in schools and other protections in Ontario. Within two weeks, one of her, oh, it does say later, she's a woman. Okay, one of her young children, vaccinated times two, was infected with SARS-CoV-2 and brought it home, infecting the whole family, including her husband, vaccinated times three, and two other children not yet eligible for vaccination. Wow. Three kids and the family to get COVID. Um, et, et, but, you know, et yeah. two, Trudeau? This is terrible. This is the Ides of March plus one, plus six. Oh my God! What did they do? What? I'm not. It's a nail biter. Tell me, they all died, right? They all have long COVID. They're all on ventilators, right? Vinay? Well, it it does go. It, it oh, it, it's quite a story, my friend. Oh okay, my God! So, please. Okay, only one third of five. Well, first of all, the implication <clears throat> that it was the dropping of the mask mandate that did it. I think right now we actually have two good studies. We have a regression discontinuity study from Spain showing that cloth masking um, does not improve outcomes between the ages of five, where it wasn't mandated, and six, where it was. And then we have that Finnish study, beautiful study, Helsinki versus Turka, where a cloth, where the mask mandate at the age of like, um, I think it was 10, 11, and 12 didn't improve outcomes. So the idea that it's removing the mask mandate, um, I don't think that necessarily is it. It could be also that that removal of a mask mandate coincided with the fact that people are out and about yeah, and doing behavior. all sorts of other right behavior, right, right. I mean, they're you know, eventually you can't live like a hermit forever. Okay, right. so okay, number two, or the next thing, only one third of five to eleven year old Ontario children have received two vaccine doses, a result of the complete failure of officials to communicate their value. Really, um, it's only <laughs> it's only twenty percent in the U.S. and and is that really a uh, uh, is that really a problem in the United States? We have seventy five percent zero prevalence in those ages. They've already had and recovered from COVID. What evidence does anyone have that vaccinating a five to eleven year old who had and recovered from COVID in the past improves outcomes? And mm-hmm. even the evidence we have is really antibody titers and symptomatic disease. You know that we don't have great evidence for harder endpoints like hospitalization. Those are kind of confounded studies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. The next thing this tweet says, choosing not to wear a mask and remaining unvaccinated are not self-regarding risks. And then he cites a paper by David Fishman. This is the the Fishman Canadian Medical Journal paper. And it's really, you know, Z, it's really one of the dumbest papers I've ever seen because it's <laughs> a paper that a says, yeah, it's a paper that says like, um, uh, unvaccinated people lead to more spread of COVID. 
in a model that assumes that vaccinated people don't spread COVID and unvaccinated people do. What? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah. So like, okay, using an uh, incorrect assumption, we validate the conclusion we like. But if you use the correct assumption that with time, vaccinated people will spread it too, then the model would have a different result, actually. So it turns out. Wow. But this is what we call uh, science. Yes. Science. It's science with a capital S and a the in front of it. The science, yes. Yes, yes. uh, Yeah, or la, la Here's science, how, yes. Here's how you do the science. Uh, first step, for about a year, you tweet constantly <laughs> that unvaccinated people are the problem, a plague on society. A scourge, and, yes. A scourge, yeah. And then and then you ask somebody to model you what would happen. So, 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 what, what, so. No, 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 the story's not oh, done yet. Oh, my God. It gets better. Yes. This is the best part. No, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. You can't see me right now, but I'm on the edge of my seat. That's the worst part. Yeah. The child, though she had courageously continued to mask among maskless classmates, was was distraught with guilt and frequently woke in the night, expressing concern that one or more of her parents or siblings could die as a result of their illness, and it would be her fault. That is so messed up. That's heartbreaking, dude. Come on. That's a, like no, oh. this no, this child has been like brainwashed this into is, thinking that like, this is yeah, child abuse. On. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. It's so bad. It's a fear contagion. It, yeah. You know, remember in 2018, did you ever hear like, mommy got a cold because it's me, it's my fault? Like, this wasn't a thing. <laughs> it wasn't a thing because right. of co- until COVID. Like some daycare baby, like, oh, mom wouldn't have gotten that gastroenteritis if I hadn't, you know, been alive. If I hadn't gone to daycare. Right. Jeez, man. This is... If only I didn't suck on the blocks. Yo! If I hadn't explored the room with my hands and mouth like like pretty much all children do in order to grow and get increased cerebral cortex size, then mom would still be without diarrhea. You know? Oh, my God. Please. Why did I want to play with other kids my own age? I could have just played with my puppy in my room by myself. (laughs) But the Campylobacter... Oh yeah, no, 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 sorry, not a puppy. My my stuffed animals oh. that were sanitized daily. Uh, yeah, I was gonna and, say, take the fomite out of there. Yeah. Well, you have to, and the stuffed animal has to be within a plastic bag. You can't directly touch it. All of my children's stuffed animals are masked because we know <laughs> we know stuffed animals are a reservoir for COVID. Well, you know, if you do mask when you drive a car, okay. So then here's the thing. <laughs> And then this person writes sarcastically, no doubt wonderful for her mental health, poor thing. Yeah. Thankfully, with the exception of losing her sense of taste and smell, uh, my, uh, her family experienced as a flu-like illness, mild. Okay, then here's the next part. This is the part where it really takes a twist. That's the end of the story, right? Oh, yeah. Wrong. Oh, no. Wrong. No. <laughs> okay. Wrong. Two weeks later, she, and I don't know who is she, the, mo- the I don't know who is the she here, the mother of the child, um, Two weeks later, she began to experience right lower quadrant abdominal pain and presented to the hospital with appendicitis. By the time they took her to the OR, the appendix had ruptured. And then it says, quote, this is the next tweet. There is an association of SARS-CoV-2 with appendicitis. And it's called case series of appendicitis associated with, I mean, come on. Dude. Dude. Imagine, it's like. Imagine if you had a case series of appendicitis associated with vaccination, everyone's head would explode and say this is like the shittiest data. Didn't the Israelis actually associate appendicitis as one of the things that they associated with mRNA vaccine in some early series that I saw? This was back when they were first using a lot of Israeli data and the mRNA stuff. Honestly, I have no idea. I'll say this. You know what gave that poor child or mother appendicitis was the 
incredible amounts of stress and sleeplessness that were induced by mm. the 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 guilt of infecting yes. everyone in the family. You know, stewing, stewing, stewing. about. Okay, but then it t- is one more twist. Oh. Then a few weeks after the COVID illness and one week after the surgery, she had pleuritic chest pain, shortness Ooh. of breath, and lightheadedness, and had a PE. And then it says PE carries a high mortality if measured in whole percentage points, higher if unrecognized, untreated, lower if treated, mild, right, should be on blood thinners for three months as a result. Well, first of all, who says the PE is due to the COVID? The PE is probably due to like, you know- Appendicitis and being in the hospital. Yeah, bed rest, immobilization. (laughs) You don't need to, what is a COVID? I mean, you know, I had COVID and then four weeks later, I overdrew my bank account. Can I blame COVID? (laughs) Can I blame COVID for that? I mean, COVID is what leaked the abortion memo from the Supreme Court, I understand. COVID did it. COVID did it. it The person had COVID. They weren't thinking clearly. That's right. And they leaked the memo. You know what? They had acute long COVID. (laughs) They had acute. It just came on instantly. They had COVID and then the the cerebritis from COVID. And then they decided decided to go through their phone. And in the contacts list were two reporters from Politico. And then they they called him. And then they, 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 they scanned... The memo and and by the way, I have a solution for this leaking documents. It's so simple. If they should make a, they should have a software when they circulate the the draft document in the court, mm. every single person gets a slightly different version. Oh, like the page the page number is slightly in a different right, spot. Like right. things you'll never be able to tell. Right. And then when you leak it, they'll know exactly whose copy it was. Uh, interesting. Huh? Oh yeah, or put the thing on a blockchain or something where it's you can you can oh. keep track of who's you know. So this is what you're doing is like a physical blockchain actually. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what a blockchain is. I just thought I say it to sound smart and sound like Elon Musky and a little blockchain. a little crypto it's a disrupt- savvy. It's a disruptive innovation. That's what it is. It's a disruptive innovation into the federal uh, monetary supply that will overthrow and disrupt the Federal Reserve and be the new deflationary currency, Vinay. And also, I have some oceanfront property in Arizona that is coming on the market. I have an NFT market. you can buy, but only with crypto. <laughs> an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> a non-fungible J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, I man. Well, I don't okay. even. Anyway, so-, so Here's the yeah. last thing in the thread is, please end this madness. That's what I thought about the thread and reinstitute mask mandates yesterday. <laughs> that's not what I, that's not what I thought. I mean, I don't know. This is a doctor. Like basically the doctor is alleging that all of these things are due to the mask mandate falling. He has no evidence that that's true. Like, you know, uh, and, and, and at least two of the things may not even be related to COVID appendicitis and a clot are related to each other perhaps, but ain't nothing that got to do with the COVID man. Um, and, and none of it changes the fact that what the inevitable, you know, there's a graph I tweeted today of like the zero prevalence over time. It's going up and up and up. I mean, it's inevitably going to go to like 94 or five, something like that. Yeah, percent. everyone's going to have this. Yeah. So what is the, what do you think the goal of all this is? You want to go full, uh, even if you go full Shanghai, it's just only delaying. Full Shanghai, dude. <laughs> Shanghai, Shanghai noon. If you go Shanghai noon on this, you're locked in your own house against your will and your pets are murdered in front of you and your children are taken to detention camps. Wh- whichever hamster bit that person in your little story, that's dead, dead <laughs> that hamster, hamster walking. That hamster is now a dinner in a, a wet market somewhere else. Um, a public health official is chasing that hamster in the street with a spade. And oh just my gosh, knocks it out. man. That's what they, that's what no, but, doing. But I think your point now, this actually brings it full circle to your 
your point about anecdotes, yes. like this is a dumb fucking anecdote that yes. misleads people. It's emotionally laden if you let it be. Uh, of course, I just, it, for me, the emotion is, is comedy. I'm just like, is this a joke? Like th this has nothing <laughs> to say that this is COVID related is a stretch. And even if it was, like you said, every single human on the planet is gonna see this virus at some point. And uh, your cloth ass mask in a crowded ass room where kids are, are, are taking it off and on and doing all this shit is not gonna do anything. Um, I have a friend who's one of the most really super fastidious person, whole family's fastidious, wears masks everywhere. Um, <clears throat> they went on a short trip, came back, whole family got, uh, or uh, yeah, whole family got COVID, all doing fine, all triple vaccinated, adults and kids all doing fine. And they're just happy that it's over with and you know it, they did okay, statistically. The, I, there's no other way to live, I think. You can live other ways, but then please don't impose those ways of living on everybody because they have costs. That's the thing. Like you can you can live Shanghai noon style, but that has a cost. And you can see the cost even in the social fabric of China where it's almost unheard of to hear this level of protest. Unheard of. Yeah. Now let's see. You that That's a great thread. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for really making me lose my faith in all of society even more. But uh, that's just Twitter, so it's not not the real world. It's just the virtue signaling world. Um, kids, so we talked about kids seroprevalence, 75%. And that's a CDC estimate based on surveys that they did by phone, which were really well conducted. That <laughs> was not, it's gotta be an actual seroprevalence where they measure the antibody. Well, they do, but, yeah. and, but, but, but uh, I'm not, you know, if you, if you put a gun to my head and said, are you 100% confident that's the number? I would have to tell you that mm, I would actually, I actually guess it's a little bit higher and I think their methods may underestimate. But anyway, that's mm -hmm. a longer story. Mm -hmm. Sure. Let, let's talk about, oh, the anecdote. The anecdote ties to, you know, you're very kind to this Risa Hoshino. You're not kind to all the fabricators out there. <laughs> <laughs> There's other people telling tall tales. Like who? Like who? Who who would I not be kind to? Come on. I'm a compat well, I love everyone equally and hate them hey, all. Put that Darth Vader hat on. There it and is. Tell me what you think. Uh, yeah, as, uh, well, Vader, Vader Vader would say, I hate all people equally. I would kill them all to death. Every last one. But what about the ones that tell the truth versus the ones that lie? It's in, it doesn't matter. Oh well for Vader, the liars actually get an upper hand in his because no. he's dark side for life. But yeah, everything he's like bizarro me. You know? I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you told a good story, but it was misleading. I like it. Yes. Please come on my battleship and tell it again to the entire Imperial fleet. Exactly. And what was the name of the guy who actually did the original Darth Vader voice? Uh, James, James Earl Jones. Jones, who used to do this is CNN. Oh, dude. Uh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. You were going to say something? No, 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 no. Go on. I, I got to show you. I got to. I got to show you something. So I have my computer open here that runs the audio processing for my uh, for my thing. I want you to listen to this. Watch this. I'm going to go full Vader. Ready? We're going to do that. And that. How do I sound? Has my voice changed? Yeah. Well, what did you do? There are several things, Vinay. First of all, you do not know the power of real-time audio processing through the Apollo rack-mounted audio processor. Number wow. next. <laughs> you will wow. join me or die. I gave, I am pro-choice. I gave Padme a choice. 
join me or die. She chose to die. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So that's processing your voice in real time? In real time. I figured this out just the other day that allowed me to do a live Dark Vader is the real time voice processing. Otherwise, I heard my voice because it normally- what does it do? It makes it more gravelly. It makes it, it should make it lower if it's working. And uh, you'll see, let me turn it off and then you can tell me. All right, now it is off. Do you hear wow. the difference? Yes. Huge difference. This is just me being Vader, but you see, he's a slightly more effeminate Vader. He's he's, he's a little more unsure of his pronouns. Whereas, whereas if, if I go dark side for life, then, then the true power of this battle station will be revealed. Amazing. Isn't it? It's great, right? What other voices can you do? Well, uh... I don't, I took the filter off, but uh, I mean, I could turn it into the chipmunks. You want me to what do- What about auto-tune? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, next time I'll get an auto-tune filter on. Cause see, I can't hear it, so I don't get any feedback. I can't hear it right now, so oh, I don't know what's in, but I yeah. So I don't know what I'm But how I'm are you for doing you. it? Because I'm listening to you on the Zoom and we're recording separately. Yeah, so, so the, the Zoom the Zoom audio is fed through my whole system. So you're hearing oh. what, what the recording sounds like. Whereas I'm hearing you through AirPods, so I'm getting a filtered, uh, a non-processed uh, version. version. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, ever since I got this equipment, and I gotta say this, this, this goes to communication, right? Like if you're gonna do a thing, you're a doctor, you wanna communicate. We were talking about Risa Hoshino. We were talking, you and I have had lots of conversations about physician communicators and how we can do it better. You know, what's wrong with getting a little bit of gear and tweaking it and trying to do but, some fun but, stuff? But to be fair, the flip side is true, which is that if the only thing you're bringing to the table is the gear, oh, you're done. Suck. It's you, gonna yeah. suck. Yeah, and there's plenty of people who do that. They've got all the gear, the beautiful video, and and they just have nothing to say, or they say it in a terrible way. Um, it, it's yeah, really I think embarrassing. It's like bad content, bad delivery, and then if those are good, this is like the icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It just pushes it to the next level, and and it's fun. And the thing is, look, you were saying physicians have a reasonable income. Well, these are not super expensive pieces of equipment, although I tend to get the nicer stuff because my supporter group helps fund some of the stuff. So I'm like, I'm gonna spend your money on some Doc Vader. You know what I'm saying? See, I like I like a video that looks like I've been abducted and I'm making a ransom video. I like that kind of aesthetic, you know? <laughs> that I'm a hostage, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm in a tiny room back against a wall. You really need to come up with that cash to get me out of here. That, That's the aesthetic I'm looking it's for. It's a kind of tense, like you're paying attention because you're like, is he gonna be decapitated now? Like what's <laughs> going on? Who, who's just out of frame? Right. Who's just out of frame? Who's just you're out always of frame? Wondering. Right, yeah. right, right. It's, it's Fauci just out of frame. <laughs> Frame Rochelle Walensky. Oh, we didn't even talk about their little party, the White House correspondents did. Oh, yeah. You see them go there? I did. I mean, God. And by the way, there are all these news reporters. Everyone got sick that weekend, of yep. course, because they went to an 800-person super spreader event. Now, look, <laughs> I have no problem with that. I actually think that's the inevitable. And, yeah. you know, every day there's a wedding in this country that's a White House correspondence dinner, probably 100 weddings yeah. like that every day. Yeah. Um, so I got no problem with that. But my problem is this guy, Ashish Jaws on TV, um, should kids wear cloth masks, Dr. Ja? Well, I trust the experts, the CD, the CDC and the AAP. I'm like, that's your first mistake. If you think. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's your first mistake, buddy. And also uh, he's a smart guy. I'm sure he knows the evidence is garbage and you know, I'm yeah. sure he's, yeah. So she's very smart. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I mean, then, so, so then he's, so I don't know, which is it either you don't know any better or you're a liar. I mean, it's not either way. It's not good. Um, <laughs> 
But or, then or he, he's trying to massage it, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but look look what he's saying. The message is, it's such an emergency that these toddlers got a mask. But by the way, hold my drink. I got to go to this party. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, this goes all the way back to, you know, Governor Newsom at the French Laundry partying with mm-hmm. his, you know, friends and donors when everybody's on lockdown. Uh, the only one I liked was the mayor of um, San Francisco when she was called out on it. And she was just like, you know, I don't like wearing masks. I think she dude, said that once to a reporter. I hate to say it, but I kind of like London Breed. She's the mayor. She's just kind of like, fuck all y'all. Like, <laughs> it's good. I, mean, I just yeah, like the attitude. I don't know her policies because I don't live in San Francisco. The city is like sliding into the ocean and they're like, <laughs> oh, should we call it Lincoln High School? Or right, right, I'm like, right. Jesus Christ. Man. Man, I mean, God, it's it's bad. So, by the way, what's up with Peter Marks talking about annual COVID shots? Ah, yes. There's a JAMA paper out, and uh, Peter Marks says COVID vax, the new normal or something. The vax is the new normal? And, um, uh, yeah, he's talking about... Um, He's talking about uh, the an annual COVID shot. And um, what does it say? It basically says that we'll have like we'll have to decide what strains to put in there. So at least he's talking about a new, you know, mRNA, which mm. supposedly is why we had it. But um, it's not very clear what kind of evidence he's going to demand for it. And it sounds like the evidence is just going to be, do you make antibodies against the virus you put in? And not, are you proving to me that boosting me year <laughs> after year after year further protects me from severe disease or yeah, hospitalization. Exactly. And I, I think it's a really dangerous slope because the mandates will follow. Once the mandates follow, you know, I think more healthcare workers will drop out. Um, you know, it's going to be another vicious cycle. And and here's here's a question that I've been wondering is, you know, as we forge ahead towards endemicity, when, okay, you have a newborn baby, <clears throat> let's say zero to, you know, two years old. And COVID becomes a seasonal endemic thing, which it's clearly heading towards. It's not, go, it's not going to zero. W- would you, assuming they ever approve a vaccine for that age group, would you ever need to use it when they're inevitably going to get infected every year and are going to develop mm. their own antibodies to it? So by the time they reach five, when the thing is uh, uh, approved, they don't even need the vaccine, this next mm. generation. I mean, I'm, mm. I'd be curious to see studies or data. Well, what you're saying is just the kind of misinformation that they were talking about in Europe many, many months ago. I mean, I mean, I think there's a BMJ article that says COVID-19 will eventually, it will eventually be a childhood illness, exactly as you describe. The question will be, I mean, is it, will it actually be safer for the kid to get vaccinated when they're six months old and then get it when they're two versus, right? But the answer to that is like, imagine the kind of evidence you need to prove that the evidence we have to date is just not enough to prove it one way or the other. Right. You need a, a huge, it will be have to be so big. I mean, because because the risk to a two-year-old is so low. Right. I mean, I think you're talking about 200, 250,000 person randomized trial. Which product do you use? Is it going to be this new product or the old product? Um, it's it's really, it's anyone's <laughs> guess. Yeah. But I, the reason I say that is I think that the um, the politically correct Twitter answer is that absolutely yes. you'll have to vac- – absolutely. But that's the answer you would give if you've not actually thought about it. Right. Well, yeah, and you know, here's the thing. So you know, something like a measles or a mumps or a rubella or something like that that has very small general prevalence, we do vaccinate children against it because and, – and a lot of times they can be infected and do just okay. But – with coronavirus, you could argue, well, <clears throat> just by sheer numbers, you know, there'll be enough kids that get sick enough from it that have problems that it's worth doing a vaccination. But then, w- wouldn't you say the same thing about, well, then why aren't we developing a vaccine for adenovirus, for the common cold viruses, for these other things that probably in immunologically naive children they also uh, struggle with? 
Uh, we just don't even really know whether you get an upper respiratory infection and get sick and ventilated and so on. Uh, it seems like it's a slippery slope into infinite numbers of childhood vaccines. So again, it's like a creep of safetyism. It's like, well, if the thing really, I'd really love to see the data that how are the kids doing in that age group? Um, once we develop enough population immunity too, because then mom's gonna pass at least protective antibodies in the first six months to the kid. Uh, and I don't know if there, are there other epigenetic, I've always wondered this, I don't know the answer because I'm an idiot. Are there other epigenetic um mechanisms of transmitting a core to collective immunity. You know, like how did we develop collective immunity to the existing mm. coronaviruses? It's not It's not all antibody related because childhood antibodies wane. Um, I, and I forget how the immunology on that works, but uh, it, it I, I, you know, you just wonder like, when do you just pull off the, like this annual COVID shot thing? When is that not a thing? And it might be not a thing sounds, right now. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds like a, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's a deep question about like the origins of immunity, et cetera. Um, sounds like the sort of deep question that could easily be answered in a Twitter thread by, <laughs> by, by someone. By a few oh, anecdotes, yeah. <laughs> one thing about the, the Risha saga that I, we didn't mention was that her um, co-authors like weighed in on it. Did you see they wrote some long thing? Oh, yeah, the, the, that guy... Um, I forget his I name. Know. He's like a, he's yeah, a young guy, like, and okay. uh, one yeah. of them was like an like an amateur, like um, an it, amateur person who comments excessively about right. COVID, often often incorrect, um, uh, but uh, you know says I I'm always willing to learn, you know something like that. But uh, well, but but, but uh, I think the gist of it was oh that person, he, know, yeah, he's blocked me on Twitter. I tried to see what he wrote. Oh about yes, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'll, uh, I mean, like all people willing to learn. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I, I guess I don't have a problem with the block. Uh, I don't have a problem with um, being an amateur. Uh, I guess I just have a problem with the content is incorrect. Uh, right. I, I, that, you know, okay. But um, I think the gist was that, you know, it's not up to us to like vet. Defend her. Not. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. They, they basically said, look, we know this has come to our attention. We, you know, we don't know what the deal is. She's here. To, she can defend herself if she wants to. Uh, it, they're basically just <laughs> washing their hands of it. Saying, right. you know, hey, don't don't look at us, and it's like that that that's it's a very this is a kind of thing a very hypocritical thing of uh, people who are perfectly willing to join Twitter mobs, uh, that when the mob turns on them, <laughs> they're like, wait, what? No, it, how how can you make that guilt by association? You know, I, I I remember my producer had made some ridiculous video, and everyone was like, he's your producer, it's guilt by association. You're, I'm like, no, 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 he hasn't worked with me in months, but either even if he has, how is that? I'm not endorsing this thing. Like that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The same people who are like, um, oh yeah, like many months ago, this um, organization Brownstone, um, they asked if they could like reprint some of my Substack posts. Right. And um, you know, I was like, sure. You know, whatever you want to. You want to take something I've written and show it to more people? What am I going to fight yeah, you? you no. know? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no. Uh, I want my words to be read by no one. I was like, I'll e I'll email my own mother my article. Thank you very much. You know, I was like, no. Yeah, show people, show people. And and I don't get paid, uh, you know, from them or anything like that. Um, but then I see all these people like, oh, Vinay Prasad is a brownstone writer. And did you know brownstone was created by this guy? And did you know this guy ten years ago was at a dinner party with this? other guy and the other guy knows a coke brother did you know <laughs> and i was like what the fuck does it have to do with me and then and they're like oh look at you denying denying your connection and then these people are caught co-authoring like oh i don't know i don't know her <laughs> I don't know her. <laughs> yeah, this this reputational web is really hilarious yeah. to me, dude. It's like, dude, who cares? Like, it's it's really what you're saying that 
people should focus on. If they disagree with what you're saying, then argue the points, right? right. Forget about like, ah, oh, you know, there's this dark money that's funding the CD underbelly if you know, COVID antithesis. And, and the same for the Risa thing. They're like, oh, she must have been on the yeah, take. On the She's take. not on the take from Pfizer. I doubt. I no. highly doubt it. I mean, in even, look, say she got money from Pfizer. Like there was some tweet where like it was a Pfizer ad and it had a picture of her like hugging her grandma with a mask. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That was part, oh. of the, yeah, part of the article. And that's why people were like, oh, she's, you know, it's a Pfizer thing and she's not disclosing it. Hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Listen, you you go do you. You hustle. You, I'm you know, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but you better to at least you better at least if you're going to make a point, say, you know, on on, by the way, you know, Pfizer funds this thing and this and that. I see. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. Um. (laughs) Although, you know, it's a little (laughs) again, but then you could say, well, then I'm not going to trust her because she I mean, why can't Pfizer just find a doctor that actually had that experience? It doesn't seem like that experience is hard to come by. Right. Yeah. Like there is there is a doctor who took care of a sick kid with COVID. There are many such doctors. I believe they exist, yes. Um, yeah, right. So find one of them and, and right. have them tell the story. Why right. you got to find one that, that didn't? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, why, why are you finding the one that didn't have the experience? I don't know. Anyway, I thought you were smart, Albert. I thought you have a, I thought you have a hundred billion reasons why you could find oh, the right man. person. He, Albert's the master of the anecdote. Come on. He's, he's, he's yeah. you know, she's an influencer. Um, yeah, like, we've no, submitted I... the highest level of evidence to the FDA, which is we... We did it yesterday in Israel, so <laughs> the gold standard. It was done. It's been done in Israel, and uh, ergo, it should be done here. Um, I am. On their- I am Albert Bola, and the circle is yeah. now complete. Uh, he needs that voice. Yeah, check it out. I'll pitch shift it down even more. Hold on. The the circle. The circle is now complete. Wow. <laughs> is it really low? I can't hear it. And then it's like, oh, Dr. Borla, what's your definition of fully vaccinated? Uh, Any vaccine you've had. Too deep, too deep, too deep. uh, Hold on. Any vaccine you've had plus one. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Uh, However many you've had plus one. (laughs) And people say, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that joke, Z? And I go... I learned it from watching you, Dad. I learned it from Vinay Prasad. <laughs> That's your, that drug ad that I had never seen. Oh, man. <laughs> I saw that this is your brain on drugs with the, the egg in the frying pan. Oh, great And then the stuff. sequel where they smash everything in the room. Oh, yeah. This is your room on your brain on drugs. God, those were, those, th- I don't think they convinced anyone not to use drugs, but they were so memorable. Well, yeah, but the people who um, came up with it were like ad executives drinking martinis from 2 p.m. onward. <laughs> like, how can we tell people about the harms of substance abuse? Like, Pour me another drink, Bob. Pour me another drink. What is it? It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> oh, speaking of five o'clock somewhere, uh, drunken yeah. stupidity, Omicron. So the the San Francisco Chronicle just does this dump where it puts out like, oh, here's the latest research on on COVID. And one of the headlines was Omicron just as deadly as Delta and oh. uh, uh, Alpha per wow. recent large study. That was like the headline. Wow. And so I, I read through it. I didn't look at the prime study because I just read the article and was like, oh, that's what the study is. And it was mm-hmm. like 300,000 retrospective review um, saying, oh yeah, when you adjust for mm-hmm. vaccination and previous infection-induced immunity, Omicron statistically is just as deadly as the previous 
<laughs> variants. Mm. And it's like, oh, so what do you what, what do you th what do you think of that? And it's a preprint, so I don't know. I didn't look mm. at it. Well, what's what, what when you adjust for things you shouldn't adjust for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's just as deadly. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, mm. when you take away a really good reason that the pandemic should wind up in a way that we reduce restrictions that are mandated, then yeah, it would be terrible if no one was previously infected. If Omicron was the first thing that humans ever saw, yeah, that's basically you, what it's saying. If you look at seasonal influenza and you adjust for a world <laughs> where people had never gotten influenza. Oh, we, yes, we call this the Native America simulation. Like if you just pretend Columbus shows up and coughs on you with a common cold virus and you wipe out an entire population, that's what would have happened with Omicron if we had no immunity. <laughs> And what uh, yeah. if I, what if I can't, what if, what if you're selling your house in the Bay Area and the real estate agent comes over and you're like, you know, what do you think I could get for this house? And you're like, oh, well, you know, well, if you adjust for this house being in rural Indiana and you're like, what, why, why would you do that? It's right here, dude. It's right here. It's right here. Why would you, why would you adjust for that? No, I, I, I want a little bit more than $42,000. Thank you. <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, the, the, the real estate prices in the Bay Area are ab ab absurd right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it is ridiculous. I, I almost want to just sell a corner <clears throat> of my house that I bought 20 years ago. Just here, here, just take this piece of dirt. It's like a neutron star. It's so mm. dense with equity right now that a spoonful of it is like $2 million. So there's a discrepancy between two things I always hear. One thing I always hear is that people are fleeing the Bay, they're fleeing the Bay Area, right. you know? Um, and then I also hear the prices are going up and up and up. Yep. <laughs> okay, so how do we reconcile this? I, the only way I can reconcile this is that the people who can't afford the prices are fleeing the Bay Area, and then more people who can afford it are moving in, but there's net population loss. There's, I see. There's okay. no building, okay. hardly any, yeah, it's hardly any housing. So we're just gentrifying the place. Uh, but I guess, um, yeah, I, I, I guess, but it does speak to the fact that it is, it remains desirable to live here. Yes. It's just that it's unaffordable. Yes. The, you in, know, in part because the weather is good. If the, the, the weather. weather was bad, if the weather was bad, oh, that's then- it. It, nobody would want to live here. I, but see, people want to live in New York and the weather's shit. So yeah, but you know, I guess New York has like, okay, go on, go on. Well, maybe yeah, it has New a parade. It has a Pareto distribution of a population and access and restaurants and culture and enough population to do pretty much anything you want is there in the city. Well, yeah. If the weather were bad in the Bay Area, it would be the price of Portland. Ah, that's actually a great analogy. Yeah. It has the same terrain. Right. That's right. That's right. The same liberal sort of ethos, all of that. Yeah. Ah, very interesting. May, or maybe, see, maybe Seattle. Seattle maybe probably. Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Now, yeah, Seattle's okay. getting expensive. and Yeah, it's uh, getting expensive. Yeah. But I guess it's similar. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, but, but, well, but that's the weather. But San Francisco Bay Area, because of the Silicon Valley and the access to the universities and all of that and the tech sector, it's it's absurdly expensive. Um. It, you know, if we had, if we, if, if, if we had sold our place when we went to Vegas, I would never have been able to come back. I mean, I would have, wow. yeah, I would have just been like, forget Maybe it. Right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just your property tax bump up, you would have been like, what? Listen to, by the way, these are, these are the kind of first world oh, problems okay. that like, I wish someone had forgiven my loans because my $5 yeah. million for, dollar estate. For, right? for, forgive my mortgage, please <laughs> forgive it. <laughs> forgive yeah. the mortgage. Man, I wish, God, if someone would just forgive my property tax, that'd be a start. Actually, I, 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 I don't. Don't doubt that in ten years we'll be talking about mortgage forgiveness. Yeah, be like you know, I mean, just because you own a three million dollar house, it's not like it's not like you're rich. You're I mean, not certainly not rich. My Instacart driver told me the other day that like, bro, your lawn is totally dry. Can you not afford a gardener? 
I mean, that's, that's literally what it's going to be like. (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know. Now, now let me, let me see here. There was, oh, that's right. So the last thing people keep emailing me this thing. Hey, can you talk about the Pfizer papers, the Pfizer documents that were released and and all this information about that documents, the documents that are the smoking gun. Everybody's worried. I mean, meaning the people that five people who email me uh, about these Pfizer documents. Can you and VP talk about this? And and what what do you, what do you think about these? I'll be honest. I, I did a slight biopsy and was like, uh, this is, uh, hmm. This is an analogy that I think, you know. It's like when you get the outside hospital transfer and then they send you over like a thick stack of nursing notes from a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, okay, well, you know, they, you know, they were up and walking a year ago and they had a bowel movement. Okay, but like, you know, it doesn't really help me in the moment. Oh my God. You know, those notes are useful in the heat of the moment, but a year later, they're dated. Um, Okay, so so why do I say that? I mean- there is there is data like what I don't know. It's it's going to be hard to draw conclusions from all these data because what you want is a large randomized trial that preserves randomization and follows people a long time. Then you can make comparisons. But if everyone gets crossed over early on, you know, eh, what are you going to learn from that data? Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. That's what happened with the trials. I mean, they cross people over. Right. And, you know, now you don't have that information. Yeah. All all of the water has Paxlovid in it, you know. Uh, you know, it's all it's all the same. You know? Oh man, Paxlovid, Paxlovid. You know, it's like it's like the wastewater. They also people love looking at the on the other. They love looking in that wastewater. What are you gonna find in that wastewater? Yeah, it's the it's the 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 log of the logs, man. We were talking about this the, the other week. The it's logs, uh, yeah. you need to you need to dig into the poo. Any society's effluent, I think, is worth. Uh, it, it's like it's like just doing a biopsy of the what what matters to that society. You know, you find you know toilet paper, tampons, Omicron. Uh, weirdly like matchbox cars. Um, I don't know. I can't tell you how many things I swallowed as a kid that came out into, into the sewer that someone's probably sampling somewhere. So unsafe of you. Yeah. You probably should have felt guilt about it. I felt terrible. I thought, you know, at some point the sewer alligator is going to get sick, is going to get appendicitis and possibly a the PE. Sewer, the sewer alligator. <laughs> the sewer alligator from, from eating the silly putty that I ate and, you know, sharded out as a kid. And uh, God, if I just hadn't, if I'd been a better child. Listen, can I say, okay, this is the one last thing. I think we've got to wrap up because it's past yeah. your bedtime here. The <laughs> You turn back into a mogwai or something. Um <laughs> children already suffer from so much guilt, shame that's it, that's induced on them that we teach them like, oh, these feelings are shameful. This is shameful. This <clears throat> behavior is shameful. Like shame is such a powerful emotion that we instill in the children as a way of controlling them. Why would we do this to them? That's going to, it's going to land them in a therapist's office, you know, two years later or <laughs> 10 years later or whatever going, God, you know, and then there was a time I almost killed my whole family because, you know, they, they got, they got isn't minimally symptomatic like, COVID. Isn't it a lot like, you know, maybe 50 years ago or um, where, you people uh, not not everybody but there were some cultures that tried to shame young boys or girls for that matter uh, who were masturbating oh Isn't yeah it similar very similar I can, I can, it's such a natural human thing to socialize and to masturbate and, uh, you, you, you should feel guilty about it. You know, okay. Two things. Number one, we should go, you'll go blind or you'll cause your family member to have a PE. (laughs) (laughs) You cause that appendicitis. It's, it's called masturbation. It's where, it's where you shame a child for not wearing a mask. mask. And now you're like, let me see, let me see your hands, Billy. Those are hairy. That's because you didn't wear your mask, even though the mandate was lifted and these other kids are filthy. You gave your mom a PE. 
Right. You're like, let me see that mask. This this cloth mask is in sopping wet. You haven't been wearing it, Billy. You haven't been wearing it. <laughs> have you have been you? masturbating again? <laughs> been oh masturbating. my god, dude! <laughs> Playing Russian roulette with your life, Billy. Oh, I mean, poor Jocelyn Elders lost her Surgeon General gig because she talked about masturbation versus abstinence so much. She I mean, pushed it. She pushed she it. Said it was he- healthy and normal. She she took the. What? How dare no. she? That was just like you. You're like you know you know guys. It's kind of like it's okay to see faces. I'm like shut your mouth, Z. You shut your mouth. You shut your mouth and you cover it up. You cover it up. First you shut it. First you cover it. Then you shut it. <laughs> shut it. And cover oh that. man. Uh, I, I I don't think I ever want to see the tip of your nose. Never. No. I, never. You know what? I, my wife has told me that just because my nose is large. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it. it, it uh. And then and when you wear that dot the Darth Vader helmet, you better. You better have a mask on underneath. Dude, I have an N95 on underneath my uh, N100 Vader ventilator. That's the other thing. Vader is like masked for, you know, from basically his rebirth is Vader. And they still like, they mandate he put a mask on top of his mask and you he know, get three even, boosters. Even, and by the way, and he also had Delta and Omicron too. So oh, I mean, yeah, of, it, course, of course. It didn't help. It didn't help. It didn't help. Yeah. He, he, he got them both. He got them both. And he and got he them does, both. He's like, yeah. I killed Padme, but it, it was my Omicron. No, you force choked her, dude, because you were jealous. No, it was the Omicron that I got because I didn't triple mask. If you were just for prior infection vaccination and the sun and the moon, it's just as lethal. <laughs> if you adjust for those things that have immutably changed in society, it's just as lethal. Adjusting for gravity. Uh, yeah. You know, by the way, I had Vader, speaking of like the thick stack of nursing notes, by the way, today's National Nurses Day. I want to give a shout out to all the nurses out there. They are awesome. They're the lifeblood of the whole fucking thing. Um, but that that aside, I don't want to read your notes, nurses, because they're distracting me from well, the punchline. The, the key, the key is that they're out, that they're a year old. It's yeah, not just yeah. that they're no, 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 no. They're a year old, yeah, right? Year old, Actually, yeah. acute nurses' notes, like from the night before, those are very helpful because you find very out what valuable, happened. They're in fact right? crucial. Even more crucial would be talking to the nurse on rounds. Heaven forbid. But you know what? Yeah. Let's another analogy is like reading your journal. Do I want to read Z Dog's college uh, journal? Uh, maybe. Mm, no, I don't. There's a lot of masturbation. <laughs> It's like, will I ever grow up to be a big boy? <laughs> when will I shave? <laughs> Today I sprouted my first pube. It's like, wow, that, you're 21, dude. <laughs> What's going on? No, it's true. But I had Vader. There was a clip uh, deep in the archives of Doc Vader uh, uh, talking to a psychiatrist who's Princess Leia taking notes. And uh, he was complaining about these facility to facility transfers that he got because he worked at the Death Star, which was a tertiary referral center. So the peripheral uh, outer rim territories would send him these train wreck transfers. And he was like, he was like, he would try to call the transferring physician and it was always like an Indian FMG. <laughs> he was like, the, the patient's totally stable. You know, there's the to- total stable rhythm. And he shows up and it's like stable VTAC. And he's like, VTAC v- 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 is, is in fact a stable rhythm. So is a systole. But I, I don't consider that a, tr- a, a safe transfer. So, and, and people were like, Vader, you're so racist. And then Vader had to say, no, his dad was a uh, an Indian inter- international medical graduate. So he has a whole backstory that people thought he was conceived mm, by see. the force, but he was actually conceived by, you know, a, a foreign born surgeon. And then uh, Will Smith walked on stage and smacked Just him across the face. Smacked him across the face, exactly. We don't. Ju- I heard Dave Chappelle got attacked. Yeah, too. he did. Yeah, he got assaulted. I, I don't know the details of that one, but 
uh, oh, and have you have you followed the Johnny Depp uh, Amber Heard uh, trial? Oh God! Oh man! Oh, it's so painful, dude. Oh, it's, it's like watching a car accident. It really is. You can't not watch, and at the same time, you can't in good conscience watch. He, so, he looks like it's a performance art. Like he's yeah. playing a character in a movie. Yeah. Even the way he looks is so ridiculous he, these days. Right. He's got like that weird like V is for Vendetta goatee, and he's like, <laughs> he's just, he, he, it's it's. I don't know, man. I, this is what American society has come to. It's like we have this major Supreme Court debacle, and people are like but amber laid a turd in his bed man she's got borderline personality disorder it's like uh as do every celebrity that's in hollywood come on yeah i mean i think they often you you know they're often have something they're dealing with yep yeah and you know what compassion compassion, compassion. it's like we started out i look i i, I want to hear all sides of every story everyone who's been so, witch hunted yeah 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 but not this really be the place yeah no the Z Dog Show. There it is. You and me will will co-interview. The VPZD Show will be the one that launches the witch hunt, and the Z Dog Show is where they come to, to talk about. <laughs> we talk about deal with oh, it, cope. Oh, that's great. That's Arsonist a, and firefighter. Oh my, that's what we are. God, and somehow it's all connected to the Brownstone Institute that's funded by oil money. You know, in Which, the end. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm sure that. Yeah. 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 You know me, big oil money. Yeah. Big oil. Dude, I don't know, man. I, I I shower in big oil. Like it just it's <laughs> cleansing. It's refreshing. <laughs> Reminds me of There Will Be Blood. You know, oh yeah, great, oh, oh, great movie. Wow, yeah. Daniel Day Lewis, yeah. right? Won the Academy, didn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. he did. Yeah, that guy. Where did he go? Oh, he decided like all greats that he's out of the game. Dude, he that's just be like a like make shoes or something. That's great, man. That's see, that's yeah. that's why you know because I'm such a legend, Vinay, that I'm just ready to put put up my uh, put up my stuff. When you deleted your Twitter, you were Day Lewis for a day. And yeah, then... I, I was, <laughs> and then I was like, I felt this call. I was like, wait, but that means no one will watch my my stupid videos. Shit. And then you came back and was Lincoln. That was Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't really use Twitter. I just dump a dump. I have my team dump a video and then I run off crying. You know, at some point yeah. I'll have to venture back when Elon breaks it even further. Oh, yeah. Can't yeah. wait. Well, well, can't wait. Well, I think it's a terrible website. Yeah. But you know, you, you, you're very good at it. I think you should continue to push your message, but I, I like you on video better because you get all the nuance. You get all the humanity of it rather than i get the full uh hostage video situation <laughs> yeah, I get that. eric topol is off camera like basically holding a script for you to read and he's like okay read you'll, this you'll and... know it's like um it's like uh then i uh oh and then i got a blood clot uh, and then I, yeah which is obviously attri attributable no no not to the surgery to the antecedent yeah the antecedent omicron after three doses which was the fault of the oh of course the province of ontario's <laughs> mask mandate obviously that was the first domino in the chain right oh yeah. man mm -hmm. i mean sure there's a 75 percent seroprevalence in kids but th those kids were weak you know if they well yeah. yeah and then i looked at the tweet while i was driving and i got in a car accident so had ontario province not dropped the mask mandate oh i would still I, have uh, use of my I, limbs yeah i would still have that honda civic so. <laughs> dude i gotta say my wife's toyota corolla when we were residents i still miss that car so maneuverable great on gas like total piece of shit but we loved it we drove it until it stopped working 
But the Bugatti you have now is fine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah to Bugatti. You've seen my car. It's a Toyota Camry. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an Indian doctor dad car. Oh, you know, Camry, very reliable. Why you want like, to? It depreciates the minute you take hey, it off listen, the Hey, listen, buddy. It's got six cylinders. Six cylinders, okay? Oh, you, oh, you got the upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good. Oh, you sprung for the. Uh, I, you know, I, I figured, why pay for GPS? I'm using my phone only. I don't need to pay for that stupid little dashboard. It's outdated. I have to update the CD every every couple of years when the roads change. You know, they are always developing the roads. <laughs> my dad was old school. You know, he was the printed map kind of guy. Oh hell yeah. Mine too. Yeah. Mine too. They yeah. still, my dad still can't use, he can't use any of that stuff, you know. My, yeah, my, 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 map. my dad is struggling a bit. He's, uh, he was hospitalized recently and oh, going through some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, it's been a little, you know, it's weird. I think the way that like stress and depression manifest when you get older, it's not obvious. Like you don't, you don't actually come out and go, oh man, I'm depressed. You're just like, God, I'm not sleeping that well. And this is happening. And that's, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Keep going on your day. Mm. It's kind of a cult. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, gosh, it's um, with immigrant parents too. They're so, you know, when he goes in the hospital, everybody recognizes him because they're oh, like, oh, right, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, well, that, and also they recognize him as my dad because oh, he's, wow. he's been in my videos and they're like, are you, are you Z dad? And, uh, and he's like, I, I, I asked to use the commode. <laughs> like, why? Why? Nah, I think he's, he's secretly delighted by that but yeah it's uh, you know it, it is but um be proud yeah yeah but you know as as you know as i know uh uh now so the the last thing is yes. um actually we've i think we've covered everything yeah we covered, no, covered, yeah, we covered, covered the whole list of what we were going to do we obviously we solved the abortion debate well, yeah, first, yeah that, that was, was easy that was a easy. child's play yeah check child's play check yeah uh, then we then we basically um showed one of us showed compassion for <laughs> And, you know, one of us it might have been you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. Well, well, well. We, you, you know, we struck the right chord there. Um, we surprised Bill. It. We surprised Billing. We, we, we talked about that. Yeah. We even made a little delve into this loan forgiveness, which yeah, which you took a stance yeah. that I, I hadn't oh, really mm-hmm. contemplated. Look, and if you find a way to loan forgive the poorest people in the society, then I'm for it. But it's not going to work that way. Gotcha. You know, even even the mere act of going to college means you're richer than a lot of people, and that's the problem. Yeah. Case. Well, you know, you that's spoken like I don't know what we would call a true liberal progressive. or progressive. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. That's what we call ourselves. So right. it's 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 this rare breed. <laughs> Z. It's this idea that you could talk about anything. Uh, okay. Okay. There, you know, number one. and uh, number one, that you you actually create policies that help the least fortunate people, who, oh. no fault of their own, who were born poor off. Wow. So you know that's why we were like against school closure. You know, it's a strange. Yeah, view. strange, and that's why you know, like I'm against surprise medical billing because yeah. it it harms preferentially the poor and the uninsured. Um, but then people will say, well, Z, why are you for, you know, universal health care? Well, yeah, I want everyone, that, that I want everyone support. to be covered. Yeah, that's also a progressive um, idea. The question is, do I want the government to be the single payer or do I want like a, a competitive system and do I want to transform the care model itself first? Mm. And, so but that, I, yeah, <clears throat> but, okay. Yeah. That's, but I'm with you there too, because I feel like now you're moving.
moving away from at least like progressivism is about the goals and the values. And now you're talking about how do you operationalize? And that's a logistic question. Right, exactly right. That's right. We all, I think the goal, I think almost everybody agrees that there are some people that are such hardcore individualists that they're like, yeah. no, if you can't afford healthcare, you should just die. It's just, a, just die. yeah, just yeah, an evolutionary right. thing. Yeah, right. And I, I think I can, I can discount that view and say it's an extreme view. I think most people want the best for the most people if they can do it, as long as it doesn't hurt them. And I think a lot of people are afraid of universal coverage because they worry their taxes will go up, the quality of care will go up, physicians will get paid less, there'll be more government control. And so, well then let's see, is there a way that you can do things without those problems manifesting? We ought to be looking at, is there even a third way to do that, to get universal coverage and decrease the cost of care and imp improve outcomes and appropriateness of care, which is what you're passionate about. Like, why do we do so many things that don't help people, that actually harm people? Because there are incentives financially for companies to do that. That's another progressive ideal that seems to have fallen <laughs> by the wayside. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so maybe we'll talk more about that on uh, future episodes. Um, what should people do? So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, people should uh, people should follow me. I always say Substack is now the go to place. Okay. You follow me on Substack for Nightbird's observations and thoughts, and uh, and uh, you know, and if you adjust for appearance, um, we are actually influencers. Adjust for, uh, <laughs> just adjusting for appearance, we are really good looking guys. You know. Just adjust oh, for gray oh, hair, man. face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, appearance adjusted. I'm basically Dr. Mike. Um, appearance adjusted. Uh, we are Doctor. We Mike, are Doctor Mike. Appearance adjusted. Appearance adjusted. Follower adjusted. Appearance adjusted. Yes. 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 Fame yes, adjusted. We are, are Doctor Mike. Adjusted. Fame adjusted. We're Doctor Mike. Same thing. And you, you, I know, Mike, you're not listening to this, but if you are, uh, I <laughs> yeah. just know that we're the same. You and I, we're equals. We're brothers. Uh, <laughs> and you're always welcome to come on. That's always, actually, I, lo I yeah. love Mike. Mike is a, kind of interesting a really to. swell guy. Yeah, yeah. We've had a conversation on a couple occasions uh, on video and it's always been enjoyable. Well, one thing I'll say, so for me, you can follow me at zdogmd.locals.com. That's my equivalent of Substack where we have live shows and discussions, both free and paid subscriber stuff that helps support the show. Um, and uh, that's it, dude. Subscribe and leave a review. Oh, one thing that's gonna change actually, Facebook no longer auto posts uh, podcasts um, to my page. They took away that feature. So we'll get a lot less engagement on this podcast. And the only way that you guys can help us bump up the charts so more people hear the message is by subscribing and leaving a review and sharing it. Why do they do that? They just, they must've felt the feature wasn't advantageous for their metaverse. Because they, they did it as well, a beta for a while. <clears throat> they're always making winning decisions over there. Oh, yes. Zuckerberg's famous pig. Um, <laughs> change, change in the world. Change in the world there. Uh, and we're trying to change the world one podcast at a time. You may not agree with everything we say, but I hope you agree that we're not terrible people. Although you might not even agree with that. Um, after seeing my Doc Vader clip on abortion. <laughs> uh, man, he, he said he aborted an entire planet once. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Tatooine, right? Tatooine. It was it was Alderaan because oh, Alderaan. Yeah, they yeah. were they were still not at a viable stage, That's and they were right. only at ten million weeks of gestation or something. But um, yeah, he's a he's a dark uh, a dark character. I mean, you know, there was a really funny meme. Last thing I'll say for May the Fourth be with you. Somebody put out this meme, and it showed uh, Obi Wan Kenobi showing Luke Skywalker mm -hmm. his dad's lightsaber the first time on Tatooine when they first met, and he's like, "This was your father's lightsaber." And so he says, this was your father's lightsaber. And underneath it, it says, it's what he used to kill 30 children in the Jedi temple and slaughter countless others until I, in fact, dismembered him and left him to die in a burning lava pit on Mustafar. Here you go, kid. 
Wow. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's true. <clears throat> that's exactly what that lightsaber did. And it's dark as fuck. And I loved it. And on that note. On that note, we, we are out. Yeah. So long, you guys. Peace out, VP.